Yo, what's up, everybody? My name is Thomas Dobasiola, whatever you want to call me. I'm here with Marty O'Neill. What's up, folks? What up? This is the Dope's Usual Podcast. We're here to talk about life, problems, drugs, accomplishments, and everything in between. Today, guys, we have a very special guest I'm fucking excited about. Let's get right into it. This is Ricky Williams. Thank you for being here. Ah, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here, man. I was trying to, like, we were talking before the show, and I'm trying to pace Uh, myself. I haven't seen you quite so, like, I'm hype, man. I'm a football. I play football my whole life. Uh-huh. My whole yeah. damn life. Yeah. So this, this is, is fun. This is a real for me. one for us for sure. It's a good Especially one. Him. I'm excited. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for being here, man. Thanks for having me. Um, first question I always ask everybody. I always do my little research, but I don't want to do all my research and go, I already knew that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So where did you grow up? Because I know where you went to school, where you played, but where did you grow up? I grew up in San Diego, California. No shit. Yep. Six one nine. Did not know that. Yeah. So I had beautiful. No idea. My favorite place. Yeah. So yeah. damn. Damn, did you try to get on the Chargers at any point? I wanted to so okay. bad. You know, if, if I would have left my junior year, there's a good chance I would have ended up. Uh, oh, instead of doing senior year football? Exactly. Um, but I won the Heisman, so it's worth it. You know, yeah. But the truth is, when I was growing up, I didn't want to be a professional football player. I wanted to be a professional baseball player, but I wanted to play college, college football. That was my, my dream. Really? But then I got to college, and I did so well that it just kind of became – you know, people, everyone told me, and I believed it, that I'd be dumb if I didn't go to the NFL. So, wow. Well, that's a lucky problem to so have. So, you were like right? a two to three sport athlete the exactly. whole time? Exactly. Exactly. I wrestled. I, I knew. Wrestled. I was going to say, you yeah. wrestled. I, I wrestled. Yeah. I loved it, too. I, I wrestled, too. It. Yeah. My cousin just won nationals, actually. My wow. little cousin, JoJo. Yeah. First person out of Merced to ever win nationals. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. It's pretty it's cool. Real. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. Um, when did you stop wrestling, or did you wrestle all the way through? I wrestled all the way through. Oh, I, st- I didn't start until my junior year, so I wrestled my junior and my senior year. Oh, you're just an athlete, man. If you yeah. just picked it up in junior year, I was starting when I was like fifth grade, you yeah. know, just well, to get it down. I was an athlete, but just the way my, my mind works and, like, the like the one-on-one combat and, like, got to think quick and kind of, like, sense what they're doing and how do I counter it and then the mm-hmm. going for the kill. It just was, like, the, the strategy of it, and it's, like, real. And I'm quick and strong, and so I had an advantage, and then I just had to learn. But it was, it was mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, once you get the fundamentals down, it's, it's hard to to stop a sprawl and someone fucking fireman carrying your out. What are you yeah. really gonna do? You know, <laughs> head and arm was my like. I got someone yeah, head and arm. It's a wrap. Uh-huh. It's a wrap. It's over. Yeah. It's over. I told a story recently. Like, I, I loved wrestling, and uh, I hadn't seen my friend in fifth grade. You know, we go to different middle schools, but my friend Philip, he's a fat kid with me. We were linemen. Yeah, I'm going up to wrestling. I'm like Philip. Fucking hit puberty, buff as shit. <laughs> Full chicken wing me, two round, two periods. Chicken mm. wing me. I was staring at my grandma the whole time because I couldn't move. Worst experience in my fucking life. Man. Yeah. Uh-huh. Did you uh, ever get your ass? I'm just gonna. I did. Ask. My, you did. My my first my first match. But I will say that the person that beat me, his name is Stephen Neal, ended up winning like uh, national championship in college. Ended up playing for the Patriots. Oh wow! So he, yeah, he was he was a stud. It was my. It was like a. In, like an ass whooping entree into into uh, into wrestling. So yeah, he whooped my ass. I took it, but I learned and I kept getting better. I kept getting better, and I actually ended up winning a tournament. Nice, yeah. Man. I pinned a guy in like twelve seconds. I got him in a pipe wrench. I got him in a pipe wrench. My favorite move. And I pipe wrench. Why have I not heard? What is that? It's a. It's you know in the starting position. If you can get your hands like around his neck, yeah. and pull down and walk him forward. 
you get a pin, like his his head goes. Oh down. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. That's oh my dad always said they're trying to throw use your momentum and throw him down. Yeah, that's that's my dad and the in the face. I yeah. did it once. I felt terrible. Yeah, hitting someone in the fucking. Yeah. You're fighting him at that point. Yeah. yeah. All right. So you wrestled. You played baseball, and that was your first love. That's my sports. first love was baseball. Yeah. Did you play since a kid? Yeah, since I was seven. Oh so, shit, little kid. So you got the Tony Gonzalez thing, like, which sport you going to play? Exactly. Nice. And I, I was actually drafted by the Phillies. And so out of high school, I went out of high school, I went straight to Virginia. I played minor league baseball. And then I went to Texas uh, for the for the fall. And I did that all through college. Every summer, I'd go play minor league baseball all four years. Wow. So you're playing two seasons, flying somewhere. You weren't getting paid for this, though. because I college. was. I was. But oh. I wasn't on scholarship because there's a there's a I mean, I, I could have. If you're playing professional in one sport, you can't be uh, on scholarship in any other any sport. So the baseball paid for my uh, paid for my get, education, wow. and they gave me money. So I was like, I was chilling in, in college. The I, rich kid in exactly. the dorms, you know? <laughs> and it was cool because you know, growing up, we didn't have anything, and and for me to be able for my baseball ability, even before you know, I went to college, I was able to to make enough money to pay for my sister to go to college, That's and cool. to have a comfortable college experience, and so it was it was awesome. Nice, man. Wow, that's amazing. Good shit. So you're in San Diego. Grow. I did not know you were from California. I'm going to say that right now. I had no idea. So you're from in California, and you're going to Texas to go to school, and then Virginia? Yeah. Are from, you coming back? So I, I would come back, yeah, for Christmas. Come that's back it? for Christmas, and then, yeah, because I was, I was, the summers were all baseball, and then the rest of the time was school. So I'd have a little bit of time to come back. A grown man at 18. Damn, so did they have to, like, persuade you to come play football it's got to be a unique situation like this kid barely even wants to play the sport you know it's it, i didn't want to play professional sports but i always wanted to be a college athlete mm. i just when i you know i watched that movie when i was a kid the program and, and just watching notre dame football growing up there was something mm. about college football that i was like yeah, i want to be a part of that it was rudy for me yeah yeah mm-hmm. i think i could because I, I was a. Uh, I just i talked about this last night to my friend i'm very good at sports even though i'm a fat guy but you know i know you know there's linemen with the fucking quickness and i know you know that so when i was growing up they're like yo you're gonna be on the line i go but let me like try out for fucking quarterback and i smoked all three kids and they go away you in city league go you're a lineman bro you're too fucking heavy because i had i was that kid that run with the bags before fucking the game you know what i mean that was me but i remember thinking (laughs) just let me get that ball for the they let me run the ball one time in my life i got three yards but those three yards i pushed these motherfuckers all the way back uh-huh. See, I, I'll juice stuff yeah. right now. So there's nothing like it. There's, there's nothing, nothing like, yeah. like laying a motherfucker on his back. <laughs> you got a legendary almost sack, though, right? So there's this kid. The near we did, yeah, we did. We did, you know, you did tape, obviously, but yeah. you didn't do a freshman year, did you? No, exactly. Why the fuck were we doing tape on a Saturday? I was pissed. We did tape as a freshman. As a freshman, we're good, but we're not that good, man. I'm yeah, and there's this kid, this tall kid they keep talking about. I'm like, all right, who cares? Who cares? I never got a sack, but I'd get through the line every five seconds. I'm just too slow. I chase the motherfucker and somebody else gets it. Yeah. But I remember I hit this guy. He hit me. And I mean, when I hit him, he did the hip toss through my ass, ran and won. I'm watching the NFL <laughs> for draft the win. four years later. And it's fucking Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> he's, he's right outside my town. I didn't know it was the same fucking dude till the NFL draft. Wow. And that's my foot, my my only good football story that sucked. We lost. Yeah, but that's that's uh, mine. And I know you. He's like, yeah, I know I've tackled people before, but that was my like only football thing I ever can remember that was good. Oh, wow. Besides blocking motherfuckers, though. Yeah. But you know, did you ever play any other position than 
running back? When I first started playing, actually in high school, I played a lot of defense. I played a lot of linebacker and a little bit of safety. I actually like defense better. But offense, you know, you get more get the touchdowns. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Stiff arm, motherfuckers. Exactly. Yeah, I got it. I got it. So, baseball. How? Because I, I didn't even know that. So, how did you decide? Is it you said everybody else is persuading you? Like, you, well, honestly, the truth was I was better at football. Oh, mm. you know, I was better at football. Baseball. If I would have, you know, played more, I think I could have, I could have caught up. But, but I, football is just better, and so. The humiliation of, of working to get better at baseball or being potentially the best in the world at football. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I got was, you. It was hard. It was it was hard to say no. So yeah, I went to I went to play football. So you're growing up. You're playing all three sports. I I always ask everybody this moment. When did you? Because there's always the moment. Because I've done it where you come home and you're like by yourself for a second, and you realize I think this is what I'm supposed to do. Did you have that moment young? You know, it, 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 was, it wasn't like that. It was when I was a kid, my mom said, you're going to college and I'm not paying for it. <laughs> so I like that. that was the moment where I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm getting a scholarship. You know, like I just knew. Uh, but the moment where it was a reality was my, uh, my sophomore year. We were playing like Kearney and they're one of the best teams in the, in the, in the city. And I had like eight carries for 140 yards. I just went Shit. off. And I kind of, that's when I knew, okay, I might have something. And then the next game, I was running the ball, and I thought I was just running, and people just kept bouncing off of me. And I was like, I guess I got something here. So that's when I knew that I had something special and that a scholarship was going to be a reality. But at, at, when I was seven, I kind of already started like, you know, manifesting it or putting it into, into reality because my mom, my mom told me, you're doing it. So I was like, got it. Oh, she what told you that early? Yes. Yeah, he said savage. Like, seven. I'm going to college, and yeah. I'm not going to pay for yep. it. What a good oh, motivation. God. It worked. For real, get your shit together. Seven-year-old. My mom my mom, and your mom sound the same, man. Yeah. She's got to punk like me that, like, because you're putting the kid off on a path with a mission. Yeah. If he 100%. really cares. Yeah. You know? And I wish I had that young. You know what I mean? You're here. You hit 19. You see other younger fools. And you're like, yo, try this. I see where you're going. I just wish I had that when I was yeah. younger. But, I mean, I'm not mad about it. Yeah. But I'm sure you have. You said you had a sister, right? Do you Two have sisters. anybody older? No, I didn't have. I didn't have. I wish I would have had that, too. You know, but it would have had to be someone that I respected. Because if Always. it was just some dude telling, I'd have been like, man, I could, what do you know? But I wish I would have had someone I looked up to and respected that that had my best interest. And, were, and, like, and that's why I think it's so important for me to be that for other people. Because, you know, exactly. like, like, you know, like you said, the tagline, like, I've been through shit, right? And so I think what I can hand down to people are just insights so that they can just move through the shit that we all have to go mm-hmm. through a little bit faster. Exactly the point. That's what we preach yeah. every episode. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. His struggles on the East Coast, this, this, mine over here. Somebody's relating somehow and better themselves by going, let me expedite this process and not fuck up like you did. Yes. And let me just listen to the episode for, yeah. for one day. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's good, man. And yeah. before we started, you said you started a program. Yeah. But we'll, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. You started a program uh-huh. and it's for cannabis connoisseurs. Yes. So how did you, I mean... You're sitting there smoking weed and go, you know what? I could teach some motherfucker something. <laughs> you know, you know it, it, I'm, not, I'm not teaching the class. I'm taking the class. So, so, oh. I, got, so I, I, received a, I received an email about a year and a half ago, and it's called a Ganjie program. And I was like, ha, ha, ha. And then I kind of looked at it, and I was like, you know, they're actually like, I love school. I love learning. Love, love mm-hmm. it. And so I was like, I could actually like, learn more about this wonderful plant. And there's a program to do it. And I, and I like got on the website and I saw that the class was full. 
Next, next semester, I did the same thing. The class was full. So we started Heisman, and, and another email came through, and I asked our, our head of marketing. I said, reach out to them and just see you know, if they're interested. And they let us know that uh, Good Morning America is coming to, to film them, and they you know, want to pump up the, their company. So they said, hey, why don't you come take the class? Now. Yeah, exactly. And they took care of it. So I was like, hell yeah. Uh, I just have such good luck with like school, all these scholarships. You know, I've taken so many educational programs and found a way, either the NFL paying for it or, or baseball paying for it or just because I'm a good guy and I love to learn people looking out. So it's just been like I have good karma around education. So I started the program and not knowing exactly what to expect, just knowing I was going to learn some shit. And the, the very first like class is about the history of cannabis, right? And and brilliant. And so speaking of, yeah. Sorry, I got lost, man. Here, here, here. Oh, Jake, smoke that you. up. Thank you. Speaking of, sorry, can you yeah. start your learning. Yeah. About so history, cannabis. the history of cannabis, and they went straight. They went straight to the history of civilization, history of humanity, to show this plant is twenty eight million years old, and we have a long long history with this plant that's been obscured for us over the past hundred years or so. And so really jumping back in into the history of cannabis, I got, I got really emotional because when I left the NFL, and I'm sure we'll talk about this more, but when I left the NFL back in 2004, part of, part of what I did was I went on a journey because there wasn't a lot of information about cannabis at the time. And I was curious if I just gave up everything I've worked my whole life for, for this plant, I need to understand more about this plant. And so... I went on a journey and I found myself pretty much going to a lot of the same places that these historians went to find to find their information. Like I ended up in the Himalayas in India. Oh, shit. Driving up the Himalayas and looking out the window and just seeing like like cannabis growing like naturally in nature. And I, and having that experience, it, it, it like changed something for me, you know, to see it in its natural habitat. It was like. This isn't a this all this stuff we've been told like it's kind of bullshit when you see this is a plant, mm-hmm. this is a plant that people have been using for thousands of years for spiritual purposes, you know. And and I, I'm so glad that the program starts there because that's where cannabis started. And and I and I feel like so much alignment because I felt like since I got in trouble with the NFL, like my journey has been really to bring this message right to whoever's willing to listen, and. And my story, being a Heisman Trophy winner, being a, a high achiever and utilizing cannabis to help me do that, I, I feel that's an empowering story. And it, 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 it's redemption for all of us. Mm-hmm. All of us. Yep. I love that. People that went to jail. People, people that in jail had their families all fucked up over it. Yeah. It's redemption for all of us. Because to me, it's so funny. And this is just my personal opinion. So many people in the world like, get worried about like little insignificant shit. So, so much. And, and I think it's because we've lost perspective. And I was one of those people, too. And I started smoking, and, I, and what it gave me was perspective. Mm. Was perspective. And I allowed me to see things differently and to make choices that allow my life to be more meaningful. And to me, like, that's the, great, that's the greatest gift you can give to someone is the opportunity. And this is, I think, what you guys are doing, helping people find more meaning in their life. Yes. Meaning exactly. of the things that happened in the past and then thinking future, in the future. Okay, like... Because here's what I've noticed is when I look back at all the things that have happened to me in the past, it's obvious to me that they've been preparing me for what's coming now. Right? And if we understand that, then we can start to realize all the crazy shit that happened in the past is like building, is building us, preparing us. And it allows us to look in the future and to get a sense of like, where, where am I headed? So we can be part of that process. You know, like when I, when I got to college, 
Uh, we were 1995. We were in the the study, the computer lab, and our head of study hall said, "We got you guys got to create email addresses." All right. And I raised my hand and I said, "What's email?" Oh, <laughs> First day of college. Yes, and she broke she broke it down for us, and I was like, "What am I gonna choose?" And I was like, "Ah, Heisman, right?" As a goal. So I, I my email address was was Heisman at at u.texas.edu. And four years later, I happened to win the Heisman. But that's what I was saying. I had an image of, like, where am I headed? And I started to, like, build towards that image. And so much of it was the when I had a bad game. You know, I'd go home and I'd smoke a little bit. And I'd let go of, the like, the, the bad, like, the feeling of having a bad game. And I'd start to, like, engage and, okay, who do we got next week? And can I imagine myself, like, killing it? And it would work every time. Manifestation. Yes, exactly. But And people talk about manifestation and they talk about spirituality, but they don't talk about it, I think, with cannabis enough. Because mm-hmm. to me, what happens when people try to do visualization or materialization, they're trying to create something positive, but they have all these negative thoughts. And so the positive thoughts, they go out there, but the negative thoughts like eat them up. Right. There's doubt. But Get when you. you smoke and you like let go of the bullshit and you have more of this expansive mindset, that's the time to visualize because you, you, you're not bogged down by all your doubts and all your fears. You haven't. You have, you're open to more possibility. Mm-hmm. It's a different vibration. It's a different vibration. Yeah, it's like with mushrooms. Like you, you better be chilling because those vibrations and frequencies are gonna fuck your trip up if you're worrying about this yeah. and worrying about that. I remember when I started first getting really deep into weed, really doing that. People thinking I was fucking crazy talking about it. Yeah, like no, you don't understand. I'm in my, I'm in the fucking Bentley yes. in Cali. You don't, and it's just different. Yeah. Like you really feel exhilarated by it. You're really there. It's really oh, yeah. mine. Yes. I really have something I'm working towards. And yes. the feeling of having it, I know what it feels like. That's yes. what I'm working towards. Yes, uh-huh. that. And the, the problem is, though, is that you got to take that back into when you get up the next day and really start to like use that inspiration to take, take action. Exactly. You know? And I think that's like, but because of the stigma and the taboo and people are told that it makes you lazy, then they like yeah. act like it's true. But the reality is it makes you lazy so that you can let go of the bullshit and receive a vision so then you know what to do. If you're a beast, you're going to be a beast. Exactly. No matter what. I've been telling, me and my girl have been having this back and forth for the past fucking 50 years. I've been saying from the start, like, if you're going to be a lazy motherfucker, that's just your path. Yes. 100%. I'm going to have a psychotic work ethic. This is just going to help me get in my zone. Yes. That's what I'm yeah, doing. yeah. I smoke weed while I do orders yeah. <laughs> and edit. Like the fuck, <laughs> yeah, dude. It, it's it's the work. It is always the work ethic and the mindset of a person. Because um, I know a lot of people that smoke weed all day every day that are constantly working and building businesses. Yeah. You know. So, it's, but but this what I'm saying is that to me, my, people might think this is crazy. I think that's more of of how it should be. Yeah, how it should be. I mean, not forever, but the way I think of. Cause I'm always thinking about this. It's like, what, what is this? What is going on? And one of the things is it's a, it's a feminine plant. We all know that. And it puts us in touch with our feminine side, meaning our feelings, right? And when people smoke and they say they get paranoid, it's because they always are stuffing yeah. their feelings. You should be, bitch. Yes. It's fucking yeah. scary yes. out here. Yes. Yeah. But, but it's like when we smoke, they're just aware of the stuff that's already in there. And the paranoia to me is just it trying to like come to your awareness so that you can do something about yeah. it. It might overwhelm people, and that's yeah. when they freak out. Well, because they, they don't have the confidence to think that they can handle it. Mm-hmm. You know? See, I don't to know if me, anybody's broken that down better. Yeah, that's like he's exactly like I can't. Marty agree preaches more this, to all this shit so much. That's Literally where religion really comes in yes, for me. There we go. People want answers to that. They want a nice, safe like, yeah. answer to that fear. Yeah. 
And it's like, you just gotta, you just yeah. gotta accept the yeah. shit. Yeah. And if you accept it, the answers come. The fear comes because you don't have faith. That's like a, fear mm-hmm. is the punishment for not mm-hmm. having faith. And mm-hmm. it's the huh. ability to move towards faith. Right? Cause if you're afraid and you do it anyway, what happens is, oh, you realize I didn't need to be afraid and you develop more faith. Yeah. It's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. First time jumping off a high dive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It only took that one fucking time as a yeah. kid. Mm. And then you're doing flips by the end of the day. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with life. A yeah. lot of people are afraid of change because they don't know if they can do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest stifling. You can look thing. back at your path from seven years old and see you like implemented that shit. Yeah. Like I'm going to do a bunch of different shit and see where I end up. I was lucky. I mean, be, like people give religion a hard time and I think it's been, it's abused people like horribly. But, but the one thing that it taught me was faith. Faith, just the the basic principle of faith that at least believe and then check the result. Believe and then check the result. And football teaches you that too. Mm-hmm. In football, if you're too afraid to make a mistake, you're not going to, you know, right? You see that, like on defense, right? I'm blitzing outside, but I see that the lineman is overset and I just cut inside, even though I'm not supposed to, but I react and I, and I, and mm-hmm. I, it works. Mm-hmm. But if I was like, oh, I got to follow the rules, coach said, uh, you know, I don't make the play. And so you got to learn to take risks to, to know, like to know yourself. And that's how you develop faith. I think is take, you take risk and then you got to see it yeah. worked out. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I can have faith. Oh, it didn't work out. All right. Maybe I need to try something else. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. faith, I think is a lot of having faith in yourself exactly. as a person, yeah. not even like faith in oh higher power and higher. This it's you can, your reality depends on you. Mm-hmm. But, but I think that's the starting point. But ultimately, it has to, to me, it has to go to a faith in something greater because, because we can believe in ourselves and then we, other people, we start to get afraid of that. They're, they're messed up, right? They're, they're messed up. But if we believe in a higher power, then we can see how we're connected to everyone. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. everything yes. is also. Yes. Because I, I, I know trees can talk to each other. They're on a different frequency than us. Yes. That's it. Yeah. Mushrooms communicate with each other. You know what I mean? Oh, this one's dying. Send fucking help through the roots. Yeah. Everything is connected. I, I always compare. How many times are we going to talk about Ferngully? Uh-huh. Everything's fucking connected to that damn movie. Yeah. Um, it truly is. Everything is how do you say it? When when twins aren't together and they feel something, it's because their biology is exactly the same. Yeah. You if you have that intuition, I think people that it's not enlightened, it's their brains opened a little more. Yeah. You know, you but know that's the definition of so in, enlightened is like a is a spectrum. Right? It's not no one is ever fully enlightened because the infinite is uni- the universe is infinite, but there's always greater levels of enlightenment. And and I think that's why, you know, I had a call today with our with our marketing team and, you know, we're talking about our messaging and really elevating our messaging. And the word I was using was spiritual because I didn't have a, another word. And one of our, our team members suggested the word enlightenment. And this is this idea of there's there's some kind of darkness, something where we're not quite sure it's cloud. We don't have clarity. Right. And then we sit back and we're talking to a friend, smoking, meditating, whatever. And then the, the literally the light comes on. Yeah, it's almost right? more like elevator doors coming back than you know like being yes. kind of more aware of like like you were saying your overall perception yes. of life coming at you and how you think about it. So the, the first time I heard someone speak positively about cannabis is I was I was studying uh, alternative medicine and herbs and my teacher was talking and he said it was funny he said whenever I have a problem and and I can't seem to solve it any other way. He said, then I'll smoke a little bit to get a different perspective. And that was the first time hmm. I ever heard anyone I looked up to or respected, like, say that. And I felt like, 
when he said it, I've two things. One, I was like, ah, I have language now to understand what's going on. And two, that's what's been going on the whole time. And so, so much of what I'm trying to do with this brand is get that message out there. Because people just need to hear it to have the language to understand what's going on. Because the old language that we had is it's bad for us. It's all of this like stuff that's not true. And so it's in our heads and we have to like wrestle with that in order to like get here. But now I'm saying that now that we're here, let's take it to the next level and let's like change the conversation so that more people having these kinds of conversations, opening their mind becomes what what it's about. And I and I feel like that's something that at least for me that I feel like we can all get behind. Of course. Yeah. And I think all of our fans are like minded people. I mean, if you we're offensive and we talk about dumb shit and but we do talk about real things in life and how to get it done. This is one thing that could improve every the quality yeah. of every city in the country like oh, yeah. immediately. Yeah, it's coming soon. It'll be it'll be here soon yeah. and I think it's going to be a whole different life. It is. You know? It is. It is. And the beauty is that if that we're in a position right now that we can be a big part of creating that of creating it. And I think this is like the world today where, you know, you can have a room like this and set up some cameras and have these kinds of conversations. And a lot of people are right. The things that are coming out of our mouths are going to go into a lot of people's heads and like spur other ideas. Yes. And they're going to share and it's going to spark other ideas. Positivity radiates. Yes. You know what I mean? If you can keep it, it's like a torch. And if you can keep it going, I mean, it's like it just keeps going Mm -hmm. for fucking ever. And that's how... uh, I like to live our lives. Marty, too. That's why I think me and Marty connected so well. And the people we have on, I like this. It seems you like know? kind of like a mutual theme of like a lot of people. I a, feel lo- like a lot of our guests. Yeah. Not everyone, but a lot Nobody's of the guests. Nobody's articulated it quite. So that's what I'm trying. Yeah. That, maybe that's... I'm trying to articulate. Nobody's <laughs> articulated. Yes, that's what I'm trying to say. I'm Nobody's probably older than a lot of the guests. No, no. Really? really? No, no. We've had a lot of, Dr. A lot of guests. Dr. Drew's on. Oh, wow. Be really? Real. Um, yeah, no, we have a... Oh, so you got some old cats in here. Yeah, we got some people chilling. Yeah, yeah. we're at Tommy yeah. Chong. He's yeah. like 85, probably. Wow. wow. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're chilling, man. We don't have a lot of younger guests, if anything. That's true. Now that you fucking mentioned 35, I'm 32. That's so cool. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. We're uh, we're in the. So that means yes, I grew up with Thurman Thomas and yeah. Jim Kelly and them. Yeah, yeah. all the Super Bowl. Yep. Oh. you know all about it, right? He's from Buffalo. Yeah. So when I when I'm mad and I play with Buffalo, nice because I got a good quarterback, a yep. good defense, uh, defensive go. secondary, yeah, and they got two good running backs. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a, yo, Peyton Manning style's back, mm-hmm. but you can run. Yeah, yeah. I love. So that. we just got Von Miller. Yeah. Okay. Yep, that's a big sign. Oh, signed Diggs. Yeah, Buffalo's my team again. Let's go. Well, I'm yeah, a Packer yeah. fan, yeah. so right now we're not looking great. We just Sorry. got rid of that. We just got rid of our number one receiver. <laughs> but you got the best quarterback in the game. I know, but he's pissed off right now. I don't know. He's he's upset at his uh-huh. own team. I feel. Yo, what's up, guys? Just taking a break in the episode to talk about one of our longtime sponsors. This is Manscaped. Before I get into anything, guys, you already know, www.manscaped.com forward slash YOLA. That's 20% off of anything and everything on the site, plus free shipping on all of it. So that's 20% off your whole order, plus free shipping using code YOLA at checkout. So if you didn't know, guys, April is Testicular Cancer Awareness Month. And if you're like me, a guy, you probably have balls, and getting cancer in your balls must suck. So that's why Manscaped is doing Testicular Cancer Awareness Month. 
they just want to bring more attention to this because this is a serious thing that people don't really talk about. So in April, the Performance Package 4.0 for Manscaped is something that you should get for your husband, your friend, or maybe yourself. So the 4.0 lawnmower, guys, you have already seen it in our commercials. You see it in all of our ad reads. It's something I have at my house and I have more in the warehouse. You guys already know it's wireless charging, LED light on it. It's like shaving your dick in the future. So once again, guys, go to www.manscaped.com forward slash Yola. That's 20% off of anything and everything, plus free shipping on your entire order. Once again, thank you guys so much for supporting the brands that support us. Back to the episode. One thing before I, I really want to ask, when we talked to your booking agent, he, he or she, I don't remember, he, he the email gave us, hit us back and says, Ricky Williams <laughs> is really into astrology and he needs your birthday, yeah. p- place of birth. I'm like, what? I think he's like, oh, it's for astrology. <laughs> oh, okay, Dale's he getting a background check. Oh shit! <laughs> so, how did you get into this? It is a background check. Um, it, you know what I'm saying? Like a, yeah, so a criminal. <laughs> I was looking for answers. I was looking for answers. Always looking for answers. Always looking for answers. I met this woman. She walked up to me. She said, "Where's your Mars?" I said, "What?" She said, "Where's your Mars?" I said, "I don't know what you're talking about, lady." She said, "Do you know where you? She said, Do you know what time you were born?" I said, "Yes." She said, tell me. And I told her my information and she put it in her computer and she started talking to me about my Mars. And I was like, I don't even know I had a Mars. And then I asked her, like, what is this? And she started to explain it to me. And I just got really curious. And so I started doing my own research and I was like, damn, I just started seeing possibilities. Like, this is really amazing. And it helped me really learn about myself, learn about life. And I just was so passionate about it. I kept studying it. And almost 20 years later now, you know, that's what I do for a living. I talk to people about about themselves. It's awesome. So as someone that has no idea other than when I was in the newspaper, they would have your sign and what your intentions are of the day. My grandma used to read it every yeah. morning. Yeah. I know nothing past that. Yeah. So when someone says a Virgo, you should probably be like, is this accurate? Um, yes and no. Yes and no. So when I look at a chart, I'm looking at 34 pieces of information, 34 different pieces of information, and I interpret that. But when you look at a horoscope, it's looking at two pieces of information. So it's 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 kind of accurate, but it's only like a, a very small slice oh, of the pie. I'm sorry. I meant in astrology in general when they're talking about the signs. 100%. This, it, well, but, yeah? but when you say accurate, it, it, it depends. Uh, you have to understand what astrology is. It's... <laughs> it, astrology cannot predict or describe a person. It can describe energies. So astrology is a language of energy. So when I like when when that woman said, where's your Mars? The reason she was asking me that question is because someone told her I was a football player. Okay. And and the the energy that Mars relates to is aggressive energy. And so she knew that if someone was a professional football player, they must have a lot of strong, aggressive energy. And so she wanted to see what that looked like in a chart. Oh. And so she looked at my chart, and in my chart, my, the planet Mars in my chart is, is aggressive. And so she was like, oh, yeah. And that's, what, that's when I was like, this random woman comes up to me from hearing a piece of information, and she looks at the chart, and it's validated. That's why I was, that caught my attention. And then I started digging more, and I kept seeing like more and more awarenesses and insights that were coming through this perspective. And, and again, to me, astrology is an energy of, of language. And Uh, I mean, a language of energy. And when I say language, it's like we feel something, but if we don't have the words to put to what we feel, then it's hard for us to describe and explain to someone else what we feel. But if we, 
if we understand, ah, and this is what studying astrology has helped me do. I understand I wake up in the morning and I'm feeling like pissed off or like irritated. Okay. I can look at the chart and I, I know that's Mars. Uh, hundred percent that's Mars. And so I can look at the chart and say, what's Mars doing? And I can understand and get some insight about why I'm feeling pissed off or what to do about it. Really? Yes. Or so like when our moods change or we're noticing inner things, okay. Astrology can tell you what's going on. It can help you understand like what's up. Really? Yes. Okay. So you know, like how sometimes, like for me, sometimes there's a certain kind of sneeze. And when I sneeze, I know a cold is coming. Oh, a hundred percent. Right. It's, it's, it's back in the back of my nose. Under yes. my eye. I'm going, oh, I'm sick. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yes. I can taste it. Almost. Yes. It's kind of like that. Like recognize it's where right, you recognize it and you're like, okay, I know it's coming. So you can prepare for it in the same way with the astrological energies. Like, and it's also people, right? So like there's Mars people, right? And these are people that are just aggre- overly aggressive people. They and always need Mars to Mars mean? Like- it means aggression. Like that's what it means. Mars means aggression. And so Mars to the ancient Romans was the god of war. Huh, right? Makes sense. So, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, but in a positive sense, because aggression can manifest in a lot of different ways. Okay. The purpose of it is passion to overcome obstacles, right? Competition, Right. You know, my, my teacher says two dogs and one bone. So it's like an innate like thing that we needed to survive, right? To overcome obstacles. Right. So we can use it to overcome obstacles, or if we can if we get become afraid, then it turns into like anger and then we like take it out on other people. Huh. Okay. Right. So you see someone who's being overly like aggressive, you know that's a Mars problem. You see someone who's overly like passive and they're not standing up for themselves, that's a Mars problem. Wow, so you could you could really just like so when she can't what's your Mars? You can now go up to a person and ask them that. Exactly. Huh. Exactly. And they'll say, What are you talking about? And they will sit down. Especially if they're else. especially if they're if I see them being overly aggressive. I know that I can sit down to that person and look at their chart and we can have a meaningful conversation about what's going on for them right now. Because I can wow. yeah. so get back to balance basically. Exactly. Because all of the energies they're trying to express. And Mars is tricky because most of us are taught, like, when we're a kid and someone takes our toy and we smack them, we're taught, don't do that. Hands are, for, hands are not for hitting. So we're a lot of, unless we find sports or some other kind of outlet, a lot of us don't know how to handle our aggression, right? So you see some people are comfortable with competition. They love it. Some people shy away from it. A lot of that is our training, but we all have that. We all have a Mars, okay? We all have passion. Some people have more, some people have less. And, uh, and Mars can help you understand that. And here's a good example. In relationship astrology, one of the first things to look for is Mars. Because a relationship is you have two people trying to do something together, and they need to be equals on some level, okay? And so if one person has a very strong Mars and the other person doesn't, the person with the strong Mars is always going to be the bully in the relationship. And the one with the weak Mars is always going to be the victim. And so in a relationship, it's important for two people to have strong Marses so that they can stand up to each other or for two people not to have strong Marses so they both agree to get along. And the other thing that Mars is aggressive is an erection, okay? And like being turned on, that's a Mars event, okay? It's, and you can feel that like when we get pissed off, right? The energy comes up and we have to like, do something to move it to express it and it's the same thing we get turned on right we got to do something to move it to express it and so like mars has a lot to do with sexuality in the sense of being active activated and turned on 
So in, in our history, I mean, there's ways to get around it now, but in the history of like procreation, you got to be turned on to procreate, you know, mm -hmm. this is Mars. And so people that have a strong Mars have a strong sex drive. Huh. And that's oh. right. So you have two people in a relationship and then you want it to work. You got to make sure that the sex drives are, are compatible. And you look at Mars for that. Yo, I've never heard anything. I've never heard a breakdown like nothing. This. It makes a lot of sense. I think it's unreal that you can pretty much talk to somebody about what's going on in their lives based on the energies that they're, I guess, get letting out. And you can, how, sorry, I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around, probably like you did when you first exactly. heard it. What the fuck you're are you trying talking to explain about? something you're yeah. not yet understanding? Yes, I'm trying to ask a question. You got it, though. I can yeah. tell. You, you're picking up how it works. Yeah, yeah, it's just unreal to me that yeah. you, you, you that somebody could do that. You're saying 34 pieces, and I've only ever heard two? Yeah, exactly. Okay, so how about this? Like with crystals and energies, and because I know my girlfriend's very in tune with herself, and she always <laughs> like, okay, all right, uh, this is going to happen soon. We, I feel it, blah, 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 this, this planet. I'm like, oh, damn, Rosie, yeah. you're on it. Yeah. So... With rocks and stuff, my my friend OG he believes and he charges all his stuff. He does. He's super into in tune with his brain, I guess you would say. So he gives me certain ones like, "Yo, if you need to put this in your house, I need you to have this rock in your house. Put this by your bed. Keep this in your car for when you travel." I was like, "He's like, just stay safe." I'm like, "All right." OG's super into that. Yeah. yeah. So I have you know certain rocks. Rosie puts some ones in our bed. And I'm yeah. Like, it's always kind of odd to me that that certain rocks. How does that? Okay. There's there's two ways. The one way is so astrology as a language of energy. So what the way we would we would like look at different stones, different crystals, and we would say that they each have a, like a main astrological vibration. So we would say this is a Mars stone, like bloodstone. Okay, in in, in Rome, ancient Roman soldiers would carry blood bloodstones to war because of the energy. So each everything can be classified by one of the thirty four symbols in astrology. Everything can. Because that's why it's a language, and they can say it. it's like a language. The alphabet. Exactly, exactly. And so, so that's one. That's one part of crystals is that if you have a Mars crystal and you have the crystal with you, you have more Mar You're adding to your Mars energy. So, someone who has like a has too much aggression, and you give them a Mars stone, they're going to have even more aggression. Someone who's having difficult a difficult time standing up for themselves, you give them a Mars stone, they're going to have a little bit more courage. Okay, that's just the nature of the the energy of the vibration. Of the we stone. are energy, exactly. Also. And so, but the other thing is the nature of crystals is they're like energy batteries. Meaning, if you hold a crystal and you think a certain thought about any thought, and you hold the crystal and you think that certain thought, the energy of that thought is held by the crystal. So that's when the people say amulets or talisman. You can take a crystal and you can like hold it and you can think of like prayers or good thoughts about a person. And you can give them the crystal and that crystal will, will, for a certain amount of time, depending on how much you put into the battery, will radiate that thought to the person. How long did this take for you to wrap your head around that it's, because this, so most people are like, yo, what movie is this? But I know that it's, yo, this is part of our body. This is why it's here and it works with us for a fucking reason. Yes. That's why certain plants are like, that's why it's for your body. Exactly. It's. That's why we're here. This is our level of earth. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everything's for us, like a sustainable game. I get that. So when it comes to like certain rocks, when my girlfriend or it's happened to me too, I thought she was tripping. We went around this huge fucking, uh, I guess it's called amethyst, like the mm -hmm. purple ones, uh -huh. huge, like the size of my body. Mm -hmm. And I got lightheaded as hell when I got around it. Mm -hmm. 
And the that's guy just goes, the energy. Yes. I got, I legitimately, I went, oh, what the fuck? Like, I thought maybe, did I just get too high earlier? Yeah. But I, she said, what the fuck? I went, okay, so it's both of us. And I, it's the first time, this is like six, seven years ago. It's yeah. the first time I ever thought, that shit might be real. Yeah. I genuinely felt it in my body get, whoa, dizzy. Yeah. So why is that? Because, so a big crystal, like they're, they're literally like, like batteries, batteries. And so when you, when you like walk by it, it's like giving you, it's, it's radiating something and that's what you're, that's what you're feeling. So if somebody has that crystal with bad intentions, they could radiate bad intentions. 100%. 100%. 100%. Yes. 100%. Hmm. Yeah. This is a trick. Crystals are powerful. Like that's what they do. They, they hold it. Like even if you put a crystal out in the sun and you pick it up, what do you notice? It's hot. Of course. It's hot. Oh, I got you guys. See, it's hold. it's like, it's holding the energy. Right. And it's the same way. It, like radiation from the sun is energy, but our thoughts are energy. 100% our thoughts are energy. So how do these, I'm going to be, I'm 100% out there. I've seen it happen where Rosie put her rocks out on the windowsill in the morning. They are completely on the other side of the fucking window. Yeah. Every single time. And I think, do we have an earthquake? But it's every fucking time we wake up and her shit is slid over like half a foot. What the fuck? They're really moving by themselves overnight? That shit made me go, okay, I believe this. There's stuff, there's, I'm telling you, there's, so there's a quote, I think it was uh, St. Augustine. He said, there's no such thing as miracles, there's just things we don't yet understand. That's a good way to put that. Yeah. And that's why, like, think about cannabis, it opens your mind and it gives you permission to go seek that understanding. Because I think the, the biggest limitation people put on their mind is they don't give themselves permission to go even ask the question, right? Even because they're afraid, afraid of the answer. For me, like, there's no question that I'm afraid of the answer because I'm always searching for truth. That's faith in yourself. Yeah. 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 That's, the, that's where I believe there's a higher power. So whatever truth I find, I know that it's going to be good for me. You sound like you dabble in other plant medicines. Yeah, I do. But cannabis is by far my, my favorite. Because mm-hmm. I think a lot, of, a lot of the other plant medicines... They're, I think they're more ceremonial and more for like uh, a cleansing, kind of like kind of like a laxative, yeah, or you a flush fast. Your brain, exactly, out. exactly. That's what we say. I think everybody, every adult, should take mushrooms at least twice a year. Yeah, because it's like, uh, like you said, it's like an oil change. Yeah, it's unplugging everything. For everyone out there that's never done mushrooms, for me, I wake up with an entire different respect and then the earth starts giving me distractions and then three days later it's back almost to normal whatever yes yeah. but because it's a cleanse but the to me like the the tool for everyday creativity and putting the vision into action to me that's mm-hmm. cannabis right and i, I think this, when you understand the different plant medicines you get a sense of you know what they're good for yeah and yeah and how they fit how they fit in your life that's the beautiful thing about astrology because this language it can help us understand okay this is who i am I understand my energies, and so now I understand what energies I, I need more of, which I need to break from, which I need to crank up, which I need to work on, you know, that mm-hmm. we have this ability to be fluid with our environment. Did you have this understanding while you were playing football? I, start, I was starting to develop it. The first part of my career, I didn't have it. I retired in 2004, and I started traveling around the world. I went to India, and I just spent that whole year studying all this stuff and creating a foundation. And then when I came back to play football for another six years... I was building, I was building and building on this, this knowledge. And then when I retired in 2011, started traveling again and just like studying and learning as much as I could. So you've been on the, on the go since? Yeah. 
I have. I feel like I'm a a seeker of truth and I've had the resources and the time and the intelligence to be able to find some really cool shit. And the ability just literally paid your way to go do what else you wanted to do. Exactly. I love this. So I I have a question. So before I have the question, thank you for explaining that to me. Yeah. That really, I didn't know. I love learning new shit that I actually can take into consideration because... I I believe in that shit because I know it'll, when it, it'll change. It's, you're a Virgo, yeah. It'll yeah. it'll change your it'll change your life if you just start dabbling with astrology. Because so uh, Virgo is the sign of discrimination, right? Analysis, okay. All right, I, I, here's what I here's my Virgo pitch, my Virgo story. I say you know Virgo is the virgin, but it's not really about sex; it's about purity. And so like Virgos usually have like an ideal of what's right, like what they're aiming for, but it's also an Earth sign, so it's very like humble. And, and aware of what it is right now. So I say Virgos are always aware of the gap between where I should be and where I am. Damn. Always. It's pretty I, much always. Yeah, yeah. It's me too. Yeah, yeah. And so, and so I say like the, the, you know, the hint is you got to balance ceaseless effort because the awareness of what can get better is not ever going away. Ceaseless effort with self-love. Meaning you have to approach everything like a, crafts, like a craftsperson. Honing 100%. the craft. Honing the craft. Honing the craft. Honing the craft, honing the craft. Love this. I always say that, like, you got to be the positive coach and the worker at the same yes. time. Yep. Because people, it's real easy to let that fucking coach go wild. Yes. And he's turned into a fucking asshole. That's, that's, you got to. Because dark Virgo is, is you get so nitpicky of yourself, it overflows and you start nitpicking everyone else. Mm. That's, oh. that's dark Virgo. Mm. Yeah. Damn. I guess I call that my perfectionist yes. shitty brain. Yes. Yeah. Like, yep. yo, I got to, it's got to be perfect. Why yep. did you, why are you fucking up? Yeah. Yeah, well, the reminder for Virgo is it's about it's the process of moving towards. Ah, that's what you got to love. Yeah, the process of moving towards. The most perfection. fun it took ten ah, years. The process. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the best part, man. Yes. I would never trade it and go back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It took f- fucking years of being broke yeah. and struggling. Yeah. Like, is it gonna uh-huh. work? Is it gonna work? Yeah. Fuck, it might not work. Yeah. And keep trying because yeah. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Wow. So that shit was pretty dead on. Yeah. Yeah. For that's sure. Exactly. The f- first time in my life where I'm like. Because it's something actually really materialized where I'm like, this is what I was working towards. Yes. It's like, that was all the process. Yes. This was what it was the whole time. Fuck and, yeah. But it, it doesn't stop. Now it's looking yeah. into the future and exactly. saying, like, what, like, what's the next level yeah, of perfection exactly. that I'm working towards? hundred percent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything. Yeah. It's not you can stop. You can't. You can't ever stop anything. You can't. Because there's always something that's like, oh, no, I could be yep. better. I put no time yeah. into that. Yeah. Yep. Do you know Mike Dolce, the trainer? I don't. He's a nutritionist for the UFC and uh, he was one of my clients and something he said always stick with me he's like you just you're flying up these rungs of this ladder you're going up to the ladder you can't wait to get to the top you get to the top you look up and there's just another fucking ladder yes that's it that's how it goes (laughs) I love it I I love that we've said this before I would rather be I would rather be never rich as fuck enough to never do anything again. I would rather be always working, going, I'll get there, I'll get there. And some people are like, that's a rat race. That's like, no, it's not. It's it's a video game to me. Yes. Yeah, it's yes. always like, what yes. more can I do? Yeah. Yeah. It always makes me think of like when I'm younger, like, yo, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you believe it? This was yeah. one of those days for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Like I said, growing up playing football, Reggie White was my favorite player. That's my fucking, he was a defensive tackle like or a defensive end. Mm-hmm. No, tackle, sorry. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Gilbert Brown was the nose guard for the Packers. And I remember the fucking digging shit. And I, that was me. I was a little fat. I'm like, that's fucking me. Uh-huh. You know, but, you know. You, you, you offensive line. You're a fat kid. You, you end up being the uh-huh. offensive line, essentially. Um, 
But yeah, that was me. Uh, that's that's how I feel. And mm-hmm. Marty too. Like, what's the next thing we can do? Yeah. yeah what else exactly. can we perfect? Like, well, I'll build a new set. No, it can get better. Yeah. Yeah. That's we, the thing. So if you learn, like, start learning the language of astrology, it just allows you to be even more like precise. I love like, this. Right on. When like, we're ooh. after this, please give me like something I can yeah, look at. I got you. I got yeah, you. I like this. This is a. This is right up my alley, man. My whole life right now is about trying to get shit better. Yeah. Yeah, because we've set it. We've built it now. It's like, no, mm. let's fucking... Oh, foundation's yeah. there. Let's go. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. it. I'm trying right now. Marty, mm-hmm. too. We, Marty Fuck just yeah. fucking built his house. He just moved in last week. He's yeah. done. Yeah. Like, these yeah. are the let's go. foundations. <laughs> Fuck yeah. That we're trying to build yeah. right it's now. that energy. Yeah. I know you can feel it. Yeah, yeah. I can. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so my question was, when you're in college, and you're obviously smoking weed, are you getting in trouble? Because they don't drug test in college for weed. They do. They? they do, actually. They have... The, so the NCAA test... They oh, test, yeah. and if you fail, <laughs> if you fail the NCAA test, you're they, they suspend you for a whole year. It's I mean they're changing it, but that was so. Oh cool. I had two I had two teammates, both had NFL potential. They 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 got popped and they missed their whole senior. Both of them missed their whole senior year. It's it just hurts me even to think about it. Um, that's changing, but worse. I coached for a year in college, and the universities will test the kids. And if the universities test you pop once, a lot of them will kick you out of school. So even if the NCAA changes their policy, the universities have to change their policy also. It's like the real marijuana policy. Yeah. It's like no matter what the government says, it goes by county. Yeah, exactly. So, state. but things are changing. It's gonna we're gonna laugh at this, and it's gonna be it's gonna be silly. And the truth is, I I, I smoked a little bit, a little bit in college because the the upperclassmen were doing it, and then my senior year I smoked. I start my junior year and senior year I started smoking a little bit more. Um, but my senior year is really when I had like that meaningful moment where I was like, I get it. It's part of me. Yeah. That where, where it, I saw that it had true value and meaning in my life, you know? Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's very freeing to be able to say that right here like that. But back then there was no language to say that. Yeah. Like I couldn't say that and think I was sane. It wasn't like, because things have changed so much, but that's exactly what it was. I had I had a couple of really bad games. I'll set up the story because I think it's really interesting. So I'll tell the please. Long, I'll no, tell the please long tell the long version. Yeah. So That's so after my for. junior year in college, my junior year in at Texas, I led the I led college in touchdowns and rushing yards. And I was thinking about going to the NFL. I, they said I would have been a top five pick, and so I was thinking about going to the NFL. And it was I had like a week to to announce to declare, and I was. I was at, uh, in our sports media guy's office, and I was flipping through a sports almanac. And I lo- opened to the page of the all-time leading rusher in, in college football history. It was Tony Dorsett at the time. Damn. And I looked at his numbers, and I looked at mine, because I was like seventh or something. And I looked at mine, and I was like, if I have the same kind of year I had this past year, I could be the all-time leading rusher in college football history. Like, just that it was like in reach. It was intriguing. And then I turned a couple oh. of pages and I saw the record for all-time touchdowns. And I did the math, and I was like, if I have the same year I had this past year, I could have the most touchdowns in college football history. I was like, damn, that's intriguing. A couple more pages, I saw all-purpose yards. Same thing. I was like, I could, have, I could be like one of the best college football players ever if I can repeat what I did this past year. Okay, that was like what I was thinking. And the opportunity, just the opportunity to go for that was too much to, to pass up. And so I came back from my senior year, okay? And so 
coming back from my senior year, within the first two weeks of the season, we get our ass whooped by UCLA, and I find out that my girlfriend is sleeping with the or is hooking up with the, the quarterback. Jeez, you're oh. Jesus Shuttlesworth. Yes. Oh, so yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm telling you. So so I like I'm having this at the same time, and like my, and I. And my, like, I was like, I'm, I'm out of the race for the Heisman. I'm like, I'm off track to break these records. And now my girl is like gone. And the guy that she's with is giving me the, handing me the football. Oh. I was like, why did I come back for this shit? Like I was, you know, I was in that dark, dark place. And you probably passed up a lot of money, I would imagine. Oh. All of it. I just, a lot of, I was just in this shit. And I was like, why, why did I pass it up? I was going there. My mind was going to that dark yep. place. And my, Quit, and, my roommate, and my roommate was like, dude, you need to chill. And he brought out his little bong. He was a smoker. <laughs> and, he, and he had me hit it a couple times. And I didn't know what to expect. But I went up in my room. I laid on the bed. Like, my mind was cleared about all the bullshit. And again, I, I put it behind me. And I started thinking about, like, okay, like, what can I? I'm here. How can I make the best of this situation? Okay? Right? Next two weeks, back-to-back 300-yard rushing games. Back to Madden. Fool's playing Madden with himself. That doesn't even sound real. I got to be honest. It. I mean, Walter Payton didn't even put up numbers like that. Yeah. I think there's a record back to back. I think it's it's a record back to back 300 yard games. Fuck. I think I did 315 and 350, and and I was obviously back in the Heisman race. My girl was still with the guy. They're married now, but but I was back. (laughs) I was back. I was I was back in the Heisman race, and everything is. It's a happy story, and and that was the that was the moment. I said that was a moment where I realized, damn. Like uh-huh. the shit opened the door. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Because no, no matter what I was trying to do to get my mind from obsessing about the negative, I couldn't do it. I could not do it. I tr- I tried and tried, but it was too much. But when I smoked, it like cleared, and I could and I could gain that perspective. But more importantly, when I wasn't smoking, I could bring that perspective back with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like nice. internal therapy. Yes, it's exactly I, what it I is. I try to explain it to like. You know, people that don't get it, it's hard. Yeah. It's like, no, no, you're a fucking loser. No, yeah. it's actually really, I'm working shit out. Yeah, working shit <laughs> out. Oh. So I, I did a ceremony on an Indian reservation, Native American reservation in uh, San Diego a couple of, last month. And, you know, I've, I've, I've done uh, mushroom ceremonies, but never like a huge dose. Right? And, and this guy said, in our tradition, we take a pretty big dose. He said, we take 15, 15 mushrooms. And so I was like, okay, when in Rome, let's do it, you know? And so, but it was like a ceremony. Like we, we were in the Wampash in the circle and there was a fire pit and like, it was profound. It was like deep, you know, like I connected to something like ancient. Yes. It was deep, yeah. you know? And, you know, and I, it just connected me to like, there's so much more going on in the world. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, like other dimensions that we have the ability to access, okay. And I think that's what these substances are doing. They're they're opening up our sensitivity to these other dimensions. That's what we said about mm-hmm. mushrooms and, and yeah. uh, DMT. Like it's just yeah. letting you see the other frequency, mm-hmm. yes. the other level. Because yes. right now there's people right here that don't mm-hmm. see yeah. us yes. either, man. Yes. yes. When yes. people talk about doing those ceremonies, of ayahuasca and DMT and shit, like they see the same thing. Yeah. I've heard. Yes. Like, you'll see, like, animals and, it's, like, it, yeah. all jaguars was, and shit. Because our brains rewired, and all they did was go, hey, take that fuse out for a second. Yeah. And that allows, because I think our brain has so much potential. And there's, I think there's, When we're babies, with, it's open, but it's shut down by our, by our conditioning. These, we're born with these channels wide open. But because our parents aren't there and they don't relate to us, we just decide, oh, I guess we don't need these 
and we turn them off. And the people that don't turn it off are called crazy they're people. They're called crazy people. Yeah. yeah. I know a lady, my friend's mom, actually who I'm going to see tonight, she she has a show, her radio show, she talks about her stuff, but she, I mean, I think it's completely real because what she said to me when I walked in the room and I didn't ask for it, she legitimately sees ghosts walking around. Yeah. And she's like, no, no, you, there's fi- they're fine. There's like certain ones, certain dimension ones. Those are the ones that you got to get out of the fucking room, leave, don't come back. Yeah. But there's certain things she, right when I walked in, she described somebody with me, said something that I wanted to say to that person that I didn't get to say. And I went, I got fucking sick in my yeah. stomach. Yeah. You know, you get that like hot feeling like, what the fuck? I didn't even ask. Yes. So I just ask her certain things sometimes and she is pretty fucking, ac- I mean, not pretty accurate. She's dead on with things. So I know that this stuff's real. It's kind of hard to talk about because people think you're just a fucking lunatic. And I understand people do until we, until we can normalize it. And the more, like the more comfortable and more intelligently people see other people having the conversations because everyone thinks this stuff all the time. Anyway, they're just too afraid. But the more they see people talking about it, they give themselves permission to share their experiences and then it becomes okay. And then we have more access to these other dimensions because we start to acknowledge that they exist so that we give ourselves permission to interact with them. You know, even like what you're describing, a simple way to describe the other dimension is a, as a feeling dimension, right? Where someone can punch you in the face and you can say, ah, oh, that hurt. Or someone can say something that doesn't feel good and you can be like, oh, that hurts. But it's not your, there's no mm-hmm. physical pain. It's Damn, another that's dimension. That's a way to put it. Yeah. It's on a different level that yeah. you just can't touch. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That was a good way to put that. Yeah. And just the way you said that, there's going to be 30 people talking about their experience of this. Yeah. And that opens it up. Exactly. Yeah. Just like the, I was mm-hmm. telling you about the stories before we started, that opened up other people. And they're like, yeah, all right. Well, you fucked up when you were younger and you're doing okay. I'm like, yeah, because I just want to excel. That's everything, no matter what I'm doing. Yeah. Even if I wasn't doing this and I was working at a company, I'm trying to be employee of the month every fucking month. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, just I think that's just a working mentality oh, of just this. trying to be good. You know? I love this. You know, cause so, you know, again, we were talking about elevating our message and I had this download last night where it was like Heisman, you know, what is this, what is this really about? And, and I, and I'm an inspirational person and the way I played sports and how, like even the story I told about winning the Heisman and breaking up, I ended up breaking up all, all those Breaking all three of those records. Oh, we, th- we went off yeah. to another tangent. Yeah, yeah. I, I broke off. Th- I ended up breaking, up, breaking all three of those Shush. records. So, <clears throat> so I'm an inspirational person, right, that I get the vision and it's about achieving. And, and the attitude that my mom taught me and that I've taken through life, she's a Virgo moon, the attitude I've taken all through life is that everything in life that shows up is for, is to help me develop. That's the purpose. That's the purpose of it showing up is to help me develop. Mm. And so just that attitude is helped me like, you know, get all my resources and my intelligence to be able to meet whatever challenges were, were coming up to me. And they've always led to more and more growth. And I think that's a message that I've lived by and I believe in it. And I, this is something that I feel really good about putting out into the world. And so like the way I described it to the team, I said like, we're like the real life spiritual Nike, right? It's not, not, not just do it on the field, but it's really just show up in life, mm-hmm. right? Show up in life. And that if, if, if we find a way to like surround ourselves with like like-minded individuals that share this same attitude and we approach life as that, that way, ah, oh, 
There's no stopping anybody. There's no, there's no stopping anybody. That's how I yes. feel. Every like we said, like as soon as we get some money, we're getting you started, and you started, and you started. And yes. Then, like I always say, it's a trickle down effect. Help your cousin out, and your cousin's yes. going to help your other cousin. And then yes. their kid comes up and owns a store. And you got. I think we can we can take entire blocks and cities that way. That's how I. We can take the country that way. Yeah, that's how I think. We we like us that think like this on this level. If we come together, we can take the country. I think so. we can. I think so, man. Because. I always say, like, we just need people that have an outreach to be po- in any walk of life. Just be positive. You know what I'm saying? But just, there's, it's not just positive. You have to be positive and you have to be intelligent. Like, and you have to be, like, passionate. Right? Mm-hmm. It's all, like, these are all the planets, right? Each of the planets represent, like, these qualities. And Which, we have all of the planets. Oh, it's not just the Mars. Right. There's 10. There's 10 planets. I said 34. 10, 10 planets, 12 signs, 12 what we call houses. 34. Oh, shit. This is way crazier than yeah, I thought it was. The uh, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. exactly. That's why I don't like the, I don't like positive and uh, negative. Yeah, like, yeah, people yeah, misconstrue yeah. that. Like when I first, we always talk about the secret, the book and the movie. Yeah. And when I first wrap my mind around that, it's real easy to be like, oh, this is a negative person. It's a positive person. No, you might take me as a fucking asshole because I'm on a fucking vicious grind. Yeah. It's because I really believe in this shit. And I'm a super positive person, but I also don't put up with fucking anything because of that, because of that belief. So you might, I might come off as a fucking negative person okay. while I'm deep in that grind. That makes perfect sense, Marty, because so, that's yeah, me. Like, Some people think I'm a fucking dick. Yeah. It's not about positive and negative. I think that's the first thing people misconstrue. Okay, well, for me, I guess the thing I'm trying to say is anything I do is for the better or try to do for the better. Yes. Yeah. That's hundred percent to me. That's what being positive is. Yeah, you know what I mean. I, see, my 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 like the way I live. Mm-hmm. I say the first thing is you got to show up. That means who just show up. Two, keep it moving. Right, shit's gonna happen if you just keep it moving. We're gonna figure it out. And the third thing is enjoy the ride. Mm-hmm. Right, and if, to me, if you can get those three things down, like whatever whatever shows up, you got yeah. it. Yeah, that's it. true. Yeah, I love that. I love that too. It's like, it kind of makes you like, when I get up in the morning, I think I'm going to crush it today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the attitude. Like, whatever it is, right? I have what it takes. Yeah. It's going to be it. The number one thing I want for my kids is to have that, like to have something you're waking up and getting after, just because it might change throughout life. It's probably going to, but just something. Yeah, no matter, like when I was delivering pizza, I wake up like, today I'm going to make 400 fucking dollars in tips. I'm going to sell hello weed out my car. Yeah. Yeah. This is the fucking day, no matter what. Yes. Well, if you can't do that, because sometimes people will try, but they can't get there, it means you should be doing something different. Because mm. the aim, that should be the goal, right? You should always be looking. Because sometimes we do that and we feel it, and then it starts to fade away and we pretend that yes. it's still there. It's recognized. When in relationships, it happens too. Recognize when it starts to fade and like, okay, where else? Where else can I generate this? Where else can I have this? That the target is that feeling, not what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Because what you're doing, that needs to change. But that feeling can always grow and always grow. And it always leads you into creating positive things. Because like in life, you only can get out of something what you put in. True. Only. And so just thinking about like how, about, how am I investing my energy? How am I investing my time? Because mm-hmm. that's telling you not the exact thing, but it's telling you the quality that you're going to get back. Mm-hmm. That's really what karma means. It means you can only get something out of what you put in. Right? If you plant an apple seed, you can, it can only grow an apple tree. Mm. Bro, you just broke that down better yeah, than I anybody on this fucking show so far. Yeah. And the things that I tried to say, mm-hmm. 
I think you said it a little better than I would try to say. That's why I'm mindful about even what I watch on TV or whatever. I don't like, like to watch horror movies important. with people getting hurt because I'm like, I don't want to think about that shit later. Yeah. I don't want that shit in my life. Because whatever we think about, we energize. I, I'll have a nightmare. Yeah. It's, over some weird shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's real. And, and it's not even anything to beat ourselves up. It's really just the laws of the way it works. It's whatever our mind is thinking about, that's where our energy is directed. Mm-hmm. And so true. it's think about the things you would like to have in your life. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and be, be aware of the things you'd like to have in your life that are actually possible for you to have or things that are just you imagine you would like to have. Mm-hmm. That's an important distinction. And I think this is important to say about consuming cannabis is that it does activate our imagination but our imagination goes in two different main directions it goes towards fantasy or it goes towards creativity and being able to recognize when it's going towards fantasy and when it's going towards creativity when you recognize it going towards fantasy move it over to creativity Mm -hmm. Uh, and the difference is fantasy is if this if this were different everything would be better that's fantasy Okay. Oh yeah! All I need is this car. It gets this money, this and everything's done. Fucking record deal. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, I lived through that. All I need is Netflix to give me some money. I'll do it. Yeah. And now what I do? We built our own set. Fuck, got yes, a warehouse. Exactly. Like, and now it's see, working. Now see, it's running. Do you see where? Because yeah. fantasy, it doesn't happen. But I if you go to the creative, if you go to the creativity, then you yeah. like you have the the inspiration and the vision yes. to. But you got to do the work. But you got the inspiration and the vision to do it. That's a great example. Fuck, man, you really broke it down because that's how I felt. Yeah. I always used to say, uh, when are you gonna make this show like one day netflix is gonna hit me up like fuck that i said this year's my portfolio for them like next year i'm gonna come out like give me motherfucking show that's what it because it when i changed my mindset on that saying well one day and i stopped saying it yes it was like no i'm gonna all do it and they're gonna come to me yes Mm -hmm. i love that exactly love that that's sick man inspiration for myself this is fucking great thank you this is making me think different i really want to know more about these 34 steps or 34 things you could see mm-hmm. because that is is more of like a not a map quest but it's like hey man it's that way and take a left and it's a little bit down yes. like at least mm-hmm. i have a direction yes that's 100 that is beautiful yeah mm-hmm. love great. this man thank you that's thank great. you so let me get back on to something i wanted to ask i was watching i mean until i started selling packs i watched football religiously with my grandpa every sunday because since i was a kid Played football, collected cards. That was my thing, right? I was that kid. I worked, did anything I could for my grandma, cut lawns, go to cop a comic and buy any cards I could buy, Yeah, right? So that was me. So growing up, obviously, I'm watching football every Sunday. I'm watching you play football, right? So I'm playing football. I'm at school, but it's pre-selling packs. So I am dedicated and trying to get straight A's and fucking be I was like, I wanted to go to Texas Tech when I was a kid. That's what my thing was. The guy gave some big football player dude at the college when I was uh, watching the game, gave me some hat he had and had T, T. And I was like, Tennessee or Texas? I'm like, Texas. That's where I want to play football. And I remember thinking, it's hot. That was my goal as a kid, to yeah. be a fucking lineman. And mom goes, when you're an NFL player, you buy me a house. That's all I want. And we were walking on Bear Creek going for a walk because I was too fat to play fucking running back or anything else because, like I told you earlier, so when I'm watching it and I see you playing and then you stopped playing, I mean, you just stopped playing and I didn't know about I mean, I'm not on Google and shit. I'm watching ESPN, but I don't really, I'm watching highlights and Bruce Berman and all those mm-hmm. motherfuckers do this shit. So what made you stop? I know why now, but what, for the audience, what made you literally stop in the middle of a career? 
you were playing for what, five years, right? I played five years. Yeah. Five years, yeah, yeah. Five years, and then yeah. you stopped because you were getting tested positive for weed. Well, that's not why I stopped. I stopped because there was several messages from the universe that I needed to do something different. Oh, see, this is why I love this show. Because yeah. only on the ES, on ESPN and shit, you don't that. hear about yeah. this. Yeah. This is, they were like, well, you know, after many times of violating and looks like he's going to stop. That's what the message I got as a kid. Like, wow, that's it? Yeah. So this is, please tell me what you saying. You saw messages of like, this is not what I'm meant to do anymore. Exactly. Exactly. Oh. Yeah. And, and it's funny how the way it came. So I was playing football and, you know, I was sitting in the locker room one day and I just started, I started when I was smoking, I started smoking more. And uh, when I was at home smoking, I started reflecting on my life. I would reflect back and to think when I was a kid, you know, I thought about being famous because it would give me a platform to be able to like share truth. Right. That was like as a kid, that was my dream. And then I was reflecting on what I was doing in my life and I re realized I was way off track. That mainly what I was doing was distracting people for a couple hours on Sunday. That I didn't have enough of the experiences to, to feel good about my truths. And so I realized I need to like go travel and have experiences because if I waste all my time just chasing this football dream, by the time it's done, I'm going to be too beat up and tired to be able to go chase these passions. And so that was the thought, and it kind of scared me, like, you know, I can't do that. It's the middle of my career. Mm -hmm. And so, and so I, I was like, okay, I'm just going to play one more year, and then I'll do it. And then I just started getting all of these, like, signs, like the coach quit, and then the new coach they hired was, like, a first-time guy, and Dolphins didn't have a quarterback, and contract negotiations were insulting. It just was, like, brick after brick. And then I told myself, okay, if I fail one more drug test, that's going to be, like, I know for sure. I'm going to go. And I knew it would work because if, if I failed a drug test, it's confidential. So no one would know. It would just be my internal like universe like deal. And so it was a week before training camp and I ended up failing, failing a test. That's a whole nother story, but I'll, I'll save that one for later. Ended up failing a test. And I called up the NFL and I said, you know, don't worry about me. I'm done. I'm retiring. I'm walking away. And it was done. And, and no one knew I failed a drug test. Nothing. Right. One of my best friends at the time was a guy named Dan Lebetard, who worked for ESPN and has his own podcast now that I do some stuff on. And he was a writer for ESPN, the magazine and a writer for the Miami Herald at the time. And as a as my best friend, I told him about the drug test. And I guess he felt like he was in a difficult position because he was a member of the media. And if someone else found out, it would make him look bad. And so he <clears throat> the next morning, he ended up writing a story that I retired and it was connected to the drug test. But if he had never said anything, it would, it never would have been like, it never would have been part of the story. So, so that's why when people see the story, that's what, and it's, it, there was a drug test, but it, it wasn't like they punished me and then they kicked me out. It was my own internal thing of mm -hmm. this is a sign that it must really mean that it's time for me to do something. Yeah, different. that's the sign. Yeah. I get those and I go, time to leave. Yeah. You I had already it. been fined a bunch of times. I've been fine. I hadn't been. I'd failed. I was in the drug program, but I hadn't been fined yet. And, and it was one of those things where the universe whispers to us, okay? And if we, if we hear the whisper, we're rewarded usually. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times we don't. And then it speaks a little bit louder. And then if we hear the little bit louder, we're fine. And then it has to like raise its voice. And that's when we start getting like, yeah. you know, a little sting. And then if we wait too long, it has to yell. And then it's like a big kick in the ass. Yep. And so for me, I heard the whispers, but I ignored them. And then it had to get louder and it had to get louder. And I finally, and I finally listened. You know? mm -hmm. So 
Go ahead. I was just going to say, did you feel like it was like, I, I just imagined like most professional athletes smoke weed. Did you feel like, was that the culture? Not so much. Well, to me, it, it, it's not about, it's not about the weed. To me, it's more about the effect of smoking. So for me, when I started smoking, my mind started opening and realizing there's more things to life than chasing money and pussy. Mm-hmm. Like, right. I might, my, the, like the preacher tried to tell me that when I was a kid, uh-huh. but he was chasing pussy too. So it wasn't until like I had my own experience of like, there are more important things than chasing. Wow. Like, right. And that, that woke me up and I realized how much of my life was devoted to chasing things that I wasn't even that interested in. And so I just got real with myself and I said, what would I really like to be chasing? Truth. And there was none of that shit in the NFL. So I was like, I got to go look somewhere else for it. Love it, man. Fuck. At least you recognize it. And that if you didn't, then the universe would have fucking leg break next season man it's coming or something but crazy i'm telling you i knew it i saw it i saw it yeah. and here's the other thing about like that i was talking about fantasy or creativity that yes a lot of guys smoke but i think they're smoking and moving more towards fantasy not creativity and the necessary and fantasy sometimes is needed because sometimes we need to be in our in a fantasy in order to like survive because when when i was in the nfl and they told me i couldn't smoke anymore i was like fine no big deal i stopped smoking and then I realized, if I wasn't smoking, I would not be doing this shit. Mm. <laughs> and so I realized, sometimes we have to smoke to create the fantasy to keep us doing shit, uh-huh. you know? Damn. That's a fucking great way to put that shit. <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> oh, we got him to stop smoking? Oh, his mind expanded. Fuck, he's gone. Yes. That's what happened. Yeah. It's real. That's why the NFL needs to expand the game to create a room for people that have expanded yeah. minds. Right, and that's that's my big push because to me it's it's stupid that a person like me, I'm a good person, right? That there wasn't space for me in the NFL according to their rules. That's not something wrong with me. That's mm-hmm. something wrong with the NFL. 100. Especially when CTE is such a mainstream issue and MMA and NFL. Like, what the fuck are we talking? They about? They should be giving guys all reasonable means to be able to take care of themselves. 100. percent I always say that they're athletes, bro. That's not an advantage. All right, it's not an advantage, all right? If anything, it's an advantage to themselves, like you like you were using it. Yes. That is the advantage yes. they don't know about. Yes. But I'm saying it's not an advantage. Like, you think Michael Phelps took three bong rips and was going to lose? No, he was going to fucking yeah. win anyway. He just smoked <laughs> weed because he wanted to smoke weed. Exactly. You know? So <laughs> you do your journey. You go to India. You start realizing. You see all these fields, and your brain expands. You realize, all right, my... I'm not even a person, more of like this energy. What can I do with this? Yes. Right? Well, just that there's something larger going on and all of these crazy things that are going on with me, I feel connected to something larger. And that was more intriguing and more interesting than the football thing. Like I felt like I was tapping into something even bigger than football. And I didn't know what it was at the time, but I trusted it. And now come full circle, you know, it's starting to, it's starting to like make sense more. Mm-hmm. For sure. The football was, you loved it. That was your, like I always say, not everything's supposed to be in your life forever. Yeah. You know, things can come and go. Like football for me, I still have dreams. I quit over some dumb shit and I loved it. I mean, I had dreams for, still do, Mm -hmm. that I'm getting my pads on, I'm running out in this fucking tunnel and I wake up like, fuck, man, I wasted it. Uh But then I'm like, you know, I didn't. I had fucking fun when I did. Yes. You know, but I quit over some stupid shit. But that's the regret in my head is why. You Even know? more so, I think the, the part of the conversation of things aren't supposed to stay in our life is because things come in our life to 
give us something that you're saying to deal with or to teach us something. And as soon as we deal with it or get it, it needs to move on. Mm-hmm. But whatever it gave us or taught us, that's ours forever. And I think of like, I've been thinking about this a lot this past week of all like the mindset that gets nailed into you as a football player is focus on greatness, focus on like being better focus. That's what I loved about football. It was one place I could go every day and I was given permission to get better. And it wasn't threatening to other people. You know, that was encouraged. Exactly. Everybody loved you more. Yes. The better you got. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I get that. Exactly. That's cool. And same thing with wrestling. It's like you are, it's the one, it's one of the few sports that, yo, it's fucking on you. It's, it's, it's all you. And then like he's saying, you got the good coach here. And then you got this over here. That's the same thing with wrestling. It's, it's only you. Everyone's staring at you. It's not, it's not a team sport at this point. It's a whole wrestling gave me fucking anxiety when I was a little kid. I hated it, but I loved wrestling. I hated going. I'm like, I don't like all these people looking at me. And then I'd forget that they were fucking there and start wrestling. But with football, it's a different, I think it's different. Well, for you, I'm over here talking, but for you, it's different because you are on your, you, uh, that was one of my questions. You're a college kid. You win the Heisman. You're on ESPN. You're transitioning into all these things. And now you're like, NFL contract. I'm on ESPN. I'm the talk of the fucking town. Wow. This is one of these moments, right? One of these moments you look back like, all right, well, I'm here. So you're in there, and then you realize it's that was great. That was fun. That was a chapter I don't care for right now. You leave, and then what makes you come back? A couple of things. So one was that when I left, the Dolphins sued me for like $9 million. So that was one motivation. It wasn't the main motivation. The main motivation was when I started going around the world and traveling, I realized I have work to do. Right? And because of the way I left the NFL – in order for me to do my work, I have to go back and kind of write the ship in other people's eyes to get on like the good foot. And then I can, I'll be able to keep, keep up with my path. So I came back to the NFL and that's exactly what I did. You know, had another thousand yard season. Everyone, you know, liked me again. And then I was able to walk away on my own terms. Gotcha. And it opened the door so that now I could be doing, doing what I'm doing now. So you basically, I, I see exactly what you're saying. You had to go back to, like you said, like everybody liked me again. I'm the football guy again. It's just because this, but it is, it's also part of the story, right? People love a redemption story, right? They feel even more connected because we've been through things together. You know, in a relationship, right? When you've gone through something with someone, it like makes you even like yeah, tighter. Bonded. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the fans, like real fans, when I left, they were pissed off. And then I came back and helped the team win and they got to like feel better again. Like, again, mm-hmm. we've been through stuff. And I, and I feel that was... Yeah, and it's a human rights issue at the core of it. Yeah. It really is, because they're, like, discriminating against you based on some nonsense. Yeah. And it's, really, it's like, affected the course of your life. Yeah. But the, the thing that I, that I will say, the difference in, in team sports, and specifically football, but they say football is the ultimate team sport, is, is you have that, like, sense of it's just me, but that sense is expanded to this feeling, right? this sense is expanded to include 10 other guys. And so like, even when they, the way they talk about an offensive scheme, right? It's, it's 11 guys that are on the same page and there's nothing like it when there's that perfect play where everyone does their job. Oh, that's my, that's what I preach. God, I love when people do their job. Yes. Uh I I love, I came in and everything was organized. Oh yeah. (laughs) That's my, I, I, I don't know. It maybe goes back to my perfection brain thing, but like, yo, I do my job. That's Virgo. Yeah. Re- repeat it. Like I always think in traffic, like if everybody's just nice to each other, bro, there is no traffic. Yeah. That's what I think in LA. That's the planet day. Pluto, actually. 
That's the planet Pluto. What is what is that? It's the planet for? of uh, cooperation or coercion. Oh, all right, right. So, so I, I use that meanings. This is fucking yeah. crazy. I, to I, me. I use the example of the of the NFL. Even the whole thing about the drug policy is the idea is cooperation or coercion, and there's usually both. And co-op, the ultimate of cooperation is what I was talking about with the, on a football team where you have 11, especially in the NFL, you have 11 of the best athletes in the world that have honed their talents and they're all contributing to one scheme, right? To being a part of a larger whole, right? But the specific thing is their specific talents are being utilized to make the whole thing work, right? Mm-hmm. So this is So the example from a spiritual perspective is that we're all here Right to contribute something to the whole, yeah. And and when we find what that thing is, it like gives us this passion, right? Where and that's where I get like show up, keep it moving, and enjoy the ride. Because if you find the right thing, that's all you have to do, and yeah. everything is taken care of, mm-hmm. right? So that's why as an NFL football player, like I found my niche as the running back, right? A certain kind of running back, and all I had to do was show up, keep it moving, yeah. and have fun, yeah. and 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 that was me playing my part. And if everyone else was doing that, right? We kicked everyone's ass, yeah. right? So, but, but, and practice, okay? Now the coercion part, okay? We've all agreed that we're committing to greatness. We've all agreed to cooperate in this mission to beat this team, okay? So because we've all agreed, we've given the people in charge permission to coerce us to, being, to doing our job. So an NFL coach will say, literally, okay? He'll put on the film, okay? And he'll show people fucking up, and he'll say, do your job or we will get your ass out of here. Yeah. That's exactly what they say. Do your job or we'll find someone who will. It seems okay? so cutthroat. Right. That's coercion. But, it, but it's positive coercion if you want to win. And it's a coercion that people have to buy into. And so, like, but, so that's, that's why it's important to choose the right group so that when there's coercion, you feel like this is good for me. And, and for the NFL to say you're not allowed to consume cannabis – that's coercion based on being part of a group. And for me, I had to realize this is not my group. Right? <laughs> this is not my Perfect. group. Yeah. Right? Because there, there is excellence, and I love that part, but there's not enough expansiveness to, for me to really be me. And so I had to leave that group and, and find another group that mm. was me, that, where there's that same level of excellence, but there's more of an expansiveness. Mm-hmm. And that's what I and I've and I've been looking for it, but I finally realized it's what I have to create. And so that's what I'm creating in, in the businesses that I'm starting is that and and even the communities that I'm trying to start is a community that's built off of these principles. Damn. Wow. You broke that down so well. Are the NFL man. policies still the same? No, they've they've changed. Mm-hmm. Um like now they they don't suspend players anymore for cannabis. They'll find them still, but and they shorten the testing window to What's only, a fine? Uh, four seventeenths of their salary. What? Four okay. seven? That's the, well, it's odd. probably four eighteenths now. It was four seventeenths because it's four game checks and there's seventeen weeks of the season. Oh, they take four game checks. Damn, mm. <sighs> that hurts. That would make motherfuckers stop smoking weed for a minute. Okay, I didn't know it was that bad. <laughs> Whoa, man. I remember they find Terrell Owens for doing the fucking uh, pen in the thing, but that was like 50K, I think it was. Yeah. He definitely doesn't make yeah, I mean, that they, little. They're, they're, I mean, hopefully they've lowered the fines. And I guess to me, I didn't even like, I was so in it, I didn't even think of it that way. But yeah, that's a, 
That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Yeah. But if you love something, you don't even look at it. Exactly. Oh, man, what a dilemma to be in, man. So you came back. But to me, though, again, it wasn't about the weed. It's it's related because it's about what it represents. Yeah. And to me, anyone that's not for my greater good is not for me. And to me, and it might sound crazy, but for me, cannabis was better for me than the NFL. At least in my in my mind, in the math I did, and it seems to be like it worked out to be true. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what you want, and you're an in-touch person, with, and especially with yourself. You know what you need, and you say you you know the biggest thing that people don't recognize are the whispers that you talked about. Yes, and you'll see it. The, the people call it red flags. Yeah, yeah, but the whispers are if you're in touch with yourself, like we know, like nope, we've get off a phone with a me and him be on a call with somebody, get off, call each other, go no, I don't feel this guy. <laughs> yeah. I can tell something in his voice tells me to stay away. The whispers, and then we find out we were fucking the whispers right every time. Yeah. Whispers. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. Man, thank you for that. That was a like I said. After we're done, I really want to know more about this and yeah, what up, whatever else I can do. And you say you do this for a living now. Yeah. So, what does that mean? Somebody comes to you and goes, "Hey, I need help in my life. Something's wrong, or I need. I would like to learn more." You sit them down, and it's like a session with a person. Exactly. Exactly what it is. A consultant. Yeah. Yeah. A life consultant, essentially, yeah. an energy but, consultant. But really, though, but I feel like uh, I'm not trying to be someone's like coach it's more i'm showing them how to do it themselves 100 percent. you're right? giving them the tools exactly i'm giving them the t- i'm teaching them how to understand themselves and how to understand other people and it's like this cool process because i always bring it back to, to people's brilliance their awareness because so many of us have been beat up because here's what i've realized right the best the most powerful parts of ourselves okay is what is the, the shit that our parents had to deal with and if parents are smart, they want to disable the most powerful parts of their kids to make the kids easier to deal with. And so for most of us, the things that are like the best parts of ourselves, we've been twisted to think are bad. And so part most of the work I do with people is to like try to like, you know, disavow them of those beliefs and show them in the chart how the chart shows. These are your greatest strengths. And they know it inside, but no one's ever told them. And so it's just giving them that information Right, you can see them like brighten up, and they start to lean into it a little bit because more. they knew, like, yo, someone validated what I've been thinking my whole exactly. life. Exactly. Yeah. And when you see it comes from something in the like, universal and the stars, it just is more power. It's more. Powerful. It, it, it's something bigger. Yes. It's like yo, I'm just one thing in this whole fucking circuit. That's mm-hmm. a trip. Like Josh, the owner of Raw, he's like, I'm a, I'm a link in a chain. And from 300 years ago, they were a link. I'm trying to be the best link I could possibly be in this life. So the next person has an easier go and crushes it harder. Yes. Like the that, best way. Yeah, he's, I loved yeah, that. that. Oh, man. I love this. This is great. Yeah. So tell me more, please. Uh, we talked about it a little before you got here. Probably the best name you probably could have picked for a company. Yeah. I mean, thank you get for picking the fuck out of here. What a good name, man. Yeah. I'm, thank you. I'm sorry. So Heisman yeah. is your brand, and yeah. it's a legal company in California or other states? It's California. We're in Oregon, and we're expanding to at least three other states this year. Nice, man. Congrats yeah. on that. So yeah. can you tell us about it? What? When did you start this? And I, I, you just said, we're like the spiritual Nike. Yeah. And you were, I was talking to my team, and what's our message? Is the first time I've ever heard a cannabis company go, what's our message? Yeah. You know, it's more about like, who are we paying this month? Uh, like, what are we going to do? What billboard am I going to get? Which is great, because that's yeah. advertising. Yeah. But that seems like you're, like you said, it's not about the cannabis. It's not about the smoking. It's that's what I keep what telling them. That's what I keep telling guys. We're not selling weed. Like, I have to say that, like, every day. Because they get so caught up in the outside stuff. And I say, we have to sell something like 
bigger. It's a vision. Like, we got to sell something that inspires people. I love that. And I said, but if it's only on the outside and it's just the messaging, then it's like a pretty girl who's rotten on the inside. I said, we have to live this. Uh We have to embody it so it comes through our pores. And anyone that interacts with our brand, they feel it. They feel it. And it's, you know, what the brand is and is really everything we've been talking about. And when did it start? It started when I was in college and I and I smoked and I had back to back 300 yard games. I didn't know it was starting there, but that's when it that's when the seed was planted. OK, is that there's something about this plant and we've been lied to like drastically. And actually, this plant could be the key to us going to the next level. Right. And I had that as a seed thought, but it took me years of experience and exploration and education to get to the point where I feel like I 100 percent know with confidence that this is real. And and with that, I have a platform and I've been able to to put a team together. And this is what we're this is the message we're getting out into the world. Officially, the company came together last fall. Uh, And we we launched in in dispensaries and online in November. And really the focus right now is is, again, building the message and building building this community. I love it, man. Like I said, I I work like I told you, my other stuff is what I do. I do. I've been doing weed content for almost going to be a decade this year. So I've seen companies come and go. I've seen companies sprout and become huge. And I've never seen anybody take that that route of it's bigger than weed. You know, like you said earlier, no, it's not just me. I'm part of something bigger. So you're implementing that in, well, football was a chapter. And now you're on, how can I spread this message? It's like, yeah, can I get your attention? Do I have your attention? Let me yeah. tell you something more. Yeah. Come here, come here, yeah. sit down, take a yeah. seat, smoke this, yeah. and listen. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's 100% what, what I'm doing. Yeah. 100% what I like I'm this. Doing. Yeah. This is cool. This is cool. So where where can everybody find you? Your dispensaries across California and Oregon, you said? Across California and we're in Oregon. Yep. And uh, all the dispensaries are listed on our website, Heisman.com. So you got that. Wow. You got uh, that website. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Surprise. <laughs> that shit wasn't gone. Yeah. Uh, so I got a eight-year-old boy that's a running back. Yeah. And he's. Uh, I'm going to say he's a little <laughs> Christian McCaffrey. Motherfuckers juking fools. Hard. Yeah. And you could see it. He's doing weights in the morning. Uh-huh. Fucking doing his own yeah. workout regimen. Sorry, yeah. go. He's, yeah. I love Cam. He's so hard. Yeah, he is. But what do you foresee, like, kids growing up playing football, would you even recommend that to a kid now with, like, studies coming out about brain damage and just, like, how violent it is? Like, if a kid loves football coming up, would you even be like, yeah, that's probably that's a good path to go down? I wouldn't push a kid towards it, but if he had that passion, hell yeah, I would support it. Mm-hmm. You know, but I would be real. So, like, my, my son sounds just like you. Like, football loves to collect cars. He loves, loves football. He loves football. But he's, like, a sensitive, like, kid. Mm-hmm. You know? And so I try, I try to explain to him. I say, football is great. You're going to learn a lot, and it's a great game. But as you go up higher and higher, like, the, the, the kids aren't as nice. Yeah. You know? Because there's a certain kind of, like, football player at different levels. And I'm trying to explain to him that, like, you know. So... And I just put that thought in there so he'll stick with it as long as he can, but he won't force himself to stick with it longer than he should because he's trying to prove something. Yeah. Because I think that's what happens. And that's what happened with me. I realized that when I was a kid, playing football was the way I could prove that I was, like, tough. Because people used, people used to pick on me because they said I, I talked like a sissy and because I was smart. And so I, felt, I found that through playing football, they would respect me as a person. Gotcha. Um, and then, but I just took it like way too far to where I got the respect, and I was like, okay, I got the respect now. Like now, what's next? Yeah. Now what's next? Yeah. 
That's a good, that's a good way to shut a bully up. Yeah. Like, hey, uh, turn your TV on. <laughs> yeah, it worked. <laughs> it worked. <laughs> oh, you got my jersey. Yeah. That's like one of those shoot for the moon, hit the stars. Type oh, of yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. That's the beginning of Space Jam. Like, <laughs> yo, a 10-year-old don't right yeah. now? Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, so, you know, I'm not a person that does regrets. But when I look back and I say, if I was rewriting the story, what would I change? And I'd say when I when I won the Heisman Trophy, I would have taken a year off and I would have traveled around the world. Wow. No, I would have just I would have because the NFL would have been there, but it's I would have had that, I would have had that experience and that that depth and that appreciation of like Early what is this on. for? Because yeah. I did it five years later, yeah. I, I just did it five years later, and I came back. And the biggest difference was when I got to the NFL, I was kind of like. You know, what do I have to do to fit in? And when I came back, I was like, how can the NFL help me accomplish my goals? And that's when it became so much more interesting and dynamic for me. Mm. Love that. Yeah. It's a lot of willpower. That's not just It it truly is a lot of confidence to stop something that you're so ingrained of. Like, no, this is your whole personality. You are the running back. You're going to run them over. You're going to quit. The whole world had to be yeah. like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like Dave Chappelle leaving Comedy Central. Oh, dude, that was me as a little kid. Like, what do you mean? My grandpa, oh, he's done. Because <laughs> I'm a fucking car collector. I remember, and which brings me on to my next topic. Uh-huh. I'm a very, very big car collector. Yeah. I would watch the NFL. I'm like, yo, I got that guy's card. I got the rookie. I'm going to put, I, I was that kid with the little, uh, you know, the screw gun with the plastic cards. So I was at Cabo Comic. I got a pack of cards and I got the rookies, rookie cards. I'm like, yo, what the fuck? I just saw this motherfucker play. I didn't say motherfucker, but I was a kid. I'm like, I saw the guy play the other day, and I sealed it up. So I sealed this card in the sixth grade. No way. <laughs> Never opened. Let me see this. That's a real rookie card. Oh, that's the real one. Oh, wow. I got that at Copper Comic. I was so hyped about a five-pack of thing. And it's like, get a rookie, and it had it on the front. I'm like, what the fuck? I can get a rookie card in a pack of cards for $5? And I just remember like seeing the card and I just sealed it. Wow. What a trip. That is badass. Oh, that's so cool. It's, it's, dude, I have an extensive collection. Uh-huh. I did that to the new guy <laughs> for the Patriots, too. I found my Tom Brady rookie the other day. I didn't know I had. I sealed it. I'm like, no, that guy's going to be fucking great. Drew Bledsoe's gone. He's the next wave. And I found it drunk as shit with my friends the other day. I'm like, you don't know I got cards? And I found a rookie go, Tom Brady, rookie card. All right. Yes, oh, so I found that one. Wow. I got a Bart Starr before there was tops. I mean, I got an extensive collection. The Joe Namath. You know, at the end of the, you have now watched the NFL, and it's Joe Namath looking up. I have that card, original. I got, I'm, I'm deep as a kid. I had the fucking Beckett book. I got all uh-huh. my, no, I, I was that did kid. You look, did you check out the, the Tom Brady rookie and the 28 Beckett? 28 bands. Not too shabby. $28,000, and I bought that shit for like $40, I remember. Damn. I got the Mike Allstott. I remember I'm like, Mike Allstott's rookie. I got a, I got everybody, man. I got everybody. So um, I was going to ask, if I open this up, would you sign this thing? Of course I would. <laughs> I'm sealing it right back up. Oh, yes. Finally. Yes. As soon as our booking agent goes, it goes, says, Ricky William, yeah, the whole thing goes. Yeah, I'm going through my cards today. <laughs> <laughs> like I know it's in the brown box. I keep all the good ones in the brown box uh, with the cases. Yes, <laughs> thank you. Making me uh, uh-huh. pretty fucking excited right now. Thank Let's you go. so much for that. Um, so that that's really um, everything I wanted to ask Marty. If you had anything else, or if you had any of the fan questions, 
I got a question. How Go how intense is the trash talking in the NFL oh. to the point that the refs like stop it or don't stop it? Is it horrific? That's, it has to get bad for the refs to stop it. it. Like the refs will stop it when they see that someone is actually going after someone. Where it gets a little. They let like the little banter and the fun stuff go back and forth, but when it turns like real, mm. then they usually step in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they mic up. They only mic up the people that are like, "Hey, you're on mic, man. Yeah, make us look good, okay? Don't be saying some exactly. stupid shit." And usually, is you know, there's at most two guys, maybe three on each on a team that talk shit. Oh no, shit! Yeah, I would have thought it would have been so I much it's more the whole time. No. There's like one or two guys on each team. At that level, I'm imagining, I played fucking D2 basketball. People, Everybody's ego was out of control. Yeah. I couldn't imagine up at that highest level of the NFL where the egos are at. They they are to a certain extent, but when, when every day after work, you have to go back and watch and look at all your mm. mistakes, you know, uh, it, it humbles you. It humbles you a little bit. I, I feel. Are that. you talking about film or like film. ESPN? Film. Okay. Film. So every day after pra- after practice, practice, mm. we go and watch film. A practice mm-hmm. every day. Every day. It is your job. That's yeah. that's the job. Man. You're accountable yeah. for everything you do. Exactly. Holy exactly. shit! I can't believe I just opened exactly. this thing right now. <laughs> wow. I, the air I, of I the swore 90s I, it's just the, the air of 2001 just popped up right now. <laughs> Got some weed smoke. Of oh, perfect! It's, I mean, it's, it's my life coming full full circle. Weed smoke on it now. Thank you so much. Yeah, Appreciate when that. Open, when you open this again in 10 years, we're going to be like, it smells like fucking OG. <laughs> oh, I'm going to let that bitch dry. Thank you so much for doing that, dude. Of course. I appreciate that a lot. Of course. Um, so I have one question, actually. As a football fan, I wanted to ask, who's the, t- I know nobody's afraid of shit, but who's the people you go, oh, damn, that mother- we're playing that fool? All right, I'm going to try to crack his ass today or Let's hope I don't get cracked by this fool today. Yeah, so um, Ray Lewis. I already knew it. Yeah, like that. that's number one on the list. Um, John Lynch was one. John Lynch. John oh, Lynch. John Lynch is such a badass, man. Um, Rodney Harrison is, was like, is a dirty player, and he plays hard, but I was never afraid of him. Uh, Lawyer Malloy. Damn. He he brings it, so I wasn't afraid, time. but I had to like always be on the lookout. Make sure I have, yeah. you, I know where you're at on the field. Exactly. You know, those guys were well, they would hold me up, and I could hear them coming, and I learned to like oh, get when down. They hold you up. Yes, I learned to get down at the last moment because I could hear them coming. <laughs> I never really thought about that shit, like because I never got the balls of that kid. I hear this full. Especially me, because you know, I'll take a hit and I'll try to keep going. But I can hear those guys coming, and I'll keep going. I'm like, okay, I'm done. I'm, I'm not taking this one. <laughs> That's something I never thought of, like the anxiety of this fool's holding me. Oh, they're gonna, I can hear their stomps like <laughs> Jurassic Park right now. Oh man, it, it must be a, a trip because I always think I always thought about it as a kid. You know, especially you, you're like NFL maybe one day. Yeah, I guess. But I always thought about like they're monsters out there. But if you're skilled enough, it doesn't matter how big anybody is or what they bench. Well, here's the thing about football: like to a certain extent, but it's really your teammates. It's there's monsters out there. We got monsters too. That, that's the ideal yeah. feeling. It's Love the that. bad feeling is there's monsters out there, and you look around and you're like, oh, <laughs> I'm double. the monster. Yes. Fuck, I'm the only one on the, <laughs> the team. Only one on the team. <laughs> that's not fun. That is not fun. Oh man. Yeah. See, I I always have put my. I'm a fucking football fan, so I had to ask, man. Yeah. I had to ask. Yeah. So, um, your son? How old your son? He's uh 11. Oh, so he's not even at the age of like committing yet. 
If you're saying he loves football, but he's he's not really at that level. He's he committed though. He's committed. Oh, he is. He's in. He's in. Oh, I he's thought in. you meant like he wasn't really fully into well, it. Well, he was. He was trying to like say he wanted to play, and I was. I wasn't trying to talk him out of it. I was just trying to give him like the perspective, like the real perspective, you know. And if and if he knows the truth and he still wants to go, I'm 100 percent going to support you. But I'm not going to lie to you and have you be surprised. That's not cool. Yeah, no, no I understand that. Yeah. That's that's good. That's what this guy does for Cam too. Yeah. Um, his yeah. son, like I said, his son is, well, he's only eight, but he's on that path. Like you were saying, like, well, you're not playing for college. That's not what Marty did. He just went. Not at all. He just records him and go, how the fuck is this little boy so fast? <laughs> this fool's like playing Madden or uh, Game Day 99. With Dorsey Levins, <laughs> yes. you just L2, R2, and he just Dorsey. jukes. We just moved. <laughs> he yeah. moved, and I came out. He's got the fucking laundry on the bench press. Like a prisoner. On the he's, squat rack. Yeah, they're in it. He's See, got those kids. You can't stop them. You, there's you nothing, can't, there's nothing you can do. They know what the path yes, they're on. Exactly. And I wish I had. I mean, I love what I'm doing. But as a child, like I wish I had a direct. Like you said, I wish I had somebody I respected enough to go. Hmm. That motherfucker's pretty <laughs> cool. All right, cool. That's what I would like to do too. Yes. Or at least I would like to strive to be. Like I had never seen a motherfucker hold a door open for a girl before. Yeah. You know, so I do it every fucking time to make sure it's a point now my little brother will not not do it and i love <laughs> I that love shit it. yeah. it's like implementing things of like no be positive that's my thing like you're saying you're saying well, it's not about being positive or negative but that's my my mindset of do good shit like no when no one's looking exactly. that's the biggest thing when no one's looking still do that pick up that trash anyway motherfucker because yeah. it's, it's an energy even if no one's looking the energy is there yeah, and that makes me feel there. so much better, man. Because yeah. sometimes we're doing shit. I'm like, yeah, man, it's for me. Yeah. It's for me to know that I did that shit by myself. I think that's where <laughs> luck comes from. That's your intention, like a uh, credit karma score, like your car. That's your karma. Oh, score. I like that. Like, oh, your energy yeah, points your are going intention, up, man. What yes. you're really yeah. thinking, yeah. exactly, yeah. exactly. It's like you're saying. If a lot of people might look at the astrology thing, and go energies. Uh, yeah, okay. But you can get it right now. Oh, I felt that fool's vibes. Yeah, you can oh, measure a brain off. wave. A yeah. brain wave's a thing you can physically. You can measure. physically measure that, and you can read that out on a diagram. So I feel like, man, I feel like you just opened up my brain a little bit to some other shit. I really appreciate. I'm a Gemini. This. That's what Gemini's do. We open them. We open people's minds. I love that, man. I remember yeah. the first time my friend told me about, yeah, you know, eating this and that and that, and that's when I stopped eating almost everything. Mm-hmm. Like, no, that's poisonous for me. Process is what. And that's when I found out about things, and I ran with it. Yeah. Now my brain's more of like, no, just implement it. Like, yo, man, try this. Yeah. And now my friends are more on the try. I'm trying, all right. So it's it's trying without badgering and budge and like shoving shit down someone's throat because you didn't go. No, you need to be on it. Astrology, you're not on it. You need to. You're not for your full potential. Yeah. Like, you didn't do that shit to me. <laughs> it would have made me go. Fuck you, Williams, man. <laughs> Internally, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. But now I am fucking interested because you explained, like you said, I didn't have a language. Yeah, that was the language you broke it down enough to me to where I'm like, wow, I'm interested. This piqued my shit. Like you said, what's your Mars? It piqued my interest. Yeah, got exactly. me. Got exactly. me. Thank you for doing that. Yeah, of course. Thanks it's for having me. Two on. weeks later, <laughs> to be crystals all over my table. I still today, guys. <laughs> Mars, you have a Mars statue. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of what kind of music are you into? Um, you know, I, like I get in phases and the only thing I really listen to right now is like Damian Marley. Nice. Oh, okay. So I'm, I'm like, like reggae that has a message. Nice. Cause again, whatever we're consuming and when I hear that music every time it uplifts me. And so I just like get into like a groove with it. Yeah, that's oh, another yeah. thing. If it's, if it's energies and stuff's not real, the music wouldn't make you feel things. Exactly. And that's why 
people preach against certain music. Like, no, it's it's not good for kids to listen to it. And I used to think, you know, it's a song. No, it's fucking true. Because I've seen a lot of my friends energy. that did it yeah. start fucking emulating things they think mm-hmm. or feel. And now where the fuck are those guys? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now they're the guys that we saw, like, outside the liquor store. Like, oh, exactly. Shit. It's funny. Like, uh, you know, when I was 13, uh, I uh, was introduced to Bob Marley. And, and I think this is kind of part of how I got here. And I wasn't, like, I wasn't there, like, say no to drugs as a kid. But I was a huge Bob Marley fan, and so I, I, I was comfortable separating the two because his music, it uplifted me as a kid. And I'll come home from school, sit down, play video games, and just listen to Bob all night long. And just listening to that music and, like, talking about freeing the mind and, and you know, taking care of people. It wasn't, like, selfish. It wasn't about him. It was always this larger message. And I think that music, listening to it over and over and over again, it got in there, you know? It got in there and it, it nourished me. And I think it it's it's why I'm doing what I'm doing now. Well, that's that's the music is, is the number one thing I think that could spread any message. And I think it because music is universal, man. You know, like you yeah. said, it's a la- it's the language. Yeah. It's a different language. Yeah. So it's all it's all connecting back to each other. And I love that, man. Thank yeah. you so much for that. Yeah. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Marty, do you got anything else you want to talk about? Cause I I, I, I went through so everything about I this. I didn't realize that we were gonna like touch on like I didn't. I, had no I ever idea. wanted to say on the show. <laughs> we talk about this a lot, but it doesn't come out come, so smooth. Yeah, it doesn't come out like motherfucker. Stop messing up. That's the shit I do. Stop doing that stupid <laughs> shit. Yeah, it, it's it's better when you come, well you also have experience with this and you know yourself so like it's saying you have faith in yourself so it's more you already know. I hopefully one day go hey man. I, Sit down with me. <laughs> Just, I got you. Because I do that now. Like, like I tell you, like, yeah. everywhere I go, man, I'm consulting. No matter what I do, yeah. I'm consulting. Like, what can I can help you with that? Just, yeah. just that's that's Virgo. Trainer. That's, that's Virgo. Um, you got to build a website. Like, no, you got to get the website, my trainer. That's <laughs> not, dude. You got to, you can get it. You can crush it. You do it, but just do this two things. Yeah. yeah so that Virgo, that's the that's sign. Virgo. That's Virgo. Really? That's Virgo. What the fuck? That's, all right. Because Virgo wants to, like, Virgo wants to become really good at something. So that it can be more helpful. Yeah. That's the other part of the mm. sentence. 100%. So the, like the getting good, the process of working, working towards perfection is not about for the self. It's perfection so that I have something that I can offer that I feel really good about offering. 100%. I want to get rich. I can buy everybody houses and yeah. they can not worry. Yeah. That's the goal. Mm-hmm. All right. So, yeah. it's, oh man, I got to learn Do you know Josh this. Kesselman? You guys are very much the owner of Raw. So. I'm, I think I met him a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Similar yeah, message. He, uh, yeah. You know, traveled the world. Yeah. And, yeah, when jo- when you sit down with Josh, it's he always I always tell him I owe him a lot of shit. Cause yeah. There was time like the Mars thing where I was fucking aggressive and shit and pissed off, and he told me and we talked about it on the show. He told me a few things. I still use it today. I'm like, yeah. he's like, be appreciative of what you have and what your brain can do for yourself, and then start your day. Yeah, wow, it's like a tranquil feeling. I don't, I'm not even all fucking mad, mad anymore. It's yeah. like <laughs> it's crazy that your your brain is all you need. To like, it's self sufficient. You can really be self sufficient and do like you, like you're like you're saying, like, oh, I'm in the NFL. Yeah, I did, it. I did my thing. Now I got to do this for myself. When I come back, now I can spread this even better. And the money from that is making sure I'm okay over here while I travel the world and do these things. Yes, I love it. Yeah, good shit, man. Yeah. It power, it powered, uh, it powered some positivity. Like Amen to that. that. Oh yeah, let's yeah. go. Love this fucking episode. Yeah, thank Fuck you, sir. Yeah, dude. I have a question. How long have we been doing this episode? 150. 
I knew it. I was you can never tell. It could have been fucking four hours. Yeah. yeah. I have no idea. I was thinking maybe at least around two hours. Uh -huh. Thank you so much for being here. Of course. Here. I really appreciate you being you. I was hyped. Oh, of course, I'm excited. I'm excited. Obviously, fucking, I'm excited. But I'm really more excited to learn more what, what you're talking about. Yeah. This is cool, cool stuff, man. Yeah. Because if this is allowing you to expand and do this, that's only going to be better for us, which is better for everybody else. Yeah. Because we're trying to always lead you, by example, you know? You got an iPhone yet? Yeah. So I have an app. Um, Your own app? I have my own app. Yeah. What's it called? It's called uh, Lila, L-I-L-A, Astrology. L-I-L-A. Astrology, yeah. And so we, we've been working on it for a while, but we're really starting to, to pick up uh, momentum. And so it's it's early and it's new, but it's it's in the app store and it's continuing to, to grow. Nice. Yep. That's that me. one? Yeah. Relate deeper? Yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. I'm downloading it right now. Wow, man. So I can I can learn a lot more about this. Yeah, but you will have to find your birth time. Okay. I'm always getting my birth certificate. It was like six in the morning, okay. but I don't know exactly what time. Yeah. But you do have a birth certificate, yeah? Your yeah, mom yeah. Has? yeah. Yeah. Just get it from just get yeah. it off there. Yeah. And then put the time in and start to read and you'll kinda get you'll get it. Just by reading what we created, you'll get a better understanding of what's going on. I'm actually excited. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm actually excited for that. Yeah. All right. Use your Virgo too. Yeah. 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 All right. But you'll get to see you'll get to see all 34 symbols in action when you get on everything that. you're talking about's in the app. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. All right. I'm about to. I have to. My friend's bachelor party. First bachelor party I have to, I've ever been to. But I have to go there tonight. So wow. Uh, there's gonna be a lot of time. To just sit when we're all sitting and chilling, that I'm gonna be the only dude. Like everybody's <laughs> getting fucked up. Like fucking astrology, man. This shit. My sign. Nah, bitch, get off me. <laughs> oh, shit. See, and that's the point of this show. Uh, yeah. All right, we can Full talk side. about some real shit and bring it back to bitch. Get the fuck. I'm just learning about rocks. <laughs> oh man, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Ricky Williams, for being here. This is a great episode, man. I'm really I appreciate this and. Now that you're here, anytime you want to do anything, let us know. Man. I sure will. Excited, I sure this will. Is, this is what we do. We, it's podcasting, but we're also in the weed space. I mean, that's what I do. We do full on fucking Apple crate. I'll show you a few things. Like we take, like I said, we try to perfect things. I started doing videos up close, and now we're getting rigs and cinematic, cinematic cannabis content. Oh, I love <laughs> our videos, man. I want to show you. I'll Hell show you yeah. some things, man. So that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to make it, yo, it's totally normal. You can smoke weed and be fucking stuff. I have six businesses, man. Yeah. I'm fucking tired. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to get it done. Yes. You know, I just got yes. an assistant and she's helping the fuck out of me. So yes. I'm trying to expand. And this is, I mean, you know, we know our fans. I'm just so happy that they got introduced to you this way. I'm, I'm, I love football. I love all that. But everything else is one of my... I did not know I was gonna be so fucking excited about this. Yeah. Like that's something that's right up my alley. That I I want to better my my brain. I can tell. Like you're yeah. I'm you're fucking stoked. Yeah. All right. All Let's right. Go. Cool. I have to drive, so now I'm all yeah. awake and shit. <laughs> Thank you so much for being of here, course, man. man. Uh, where can everybody find you online? So uh, uh, my personal, uh, I'm on Twitter at uh, Rick the Laureate. I'm on uh, Instagram at Williams. Williams. And people who want to interested in astrology and want to learn more, Ricky Williams life. RickyWilliams.life. Yeah. And then the app is L-I-L-A. Yeah. Overlay. It's over the screen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much for of being course. here, man. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Marty? Thank you, Wrap sir. I really appreciate it. All right. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. Guys, 
from the Dope as Usual podcast. From Marty, Ricky, and I, have a dope-ass day. Yeah. Man. Okay, so so if, if somebody comes, like, I can go to you, and we can be like, sit, let's sit down. Yeah. Let's do one of I'll these sessions. I was like, I'll just break it down for you. Yeah. So you can- Thank you.